Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Astro from Down to Earth Astronomy, and you're listening to Loose Screws Podcast. Hey, guys. How's it going this evening? It is January 30th, 2020. This is Loose Screws. And for the first time that I can think of, I got every stream working and the recording going without problems. So Yay. it's a miracle. I know. I know. I don't, it's only taking me 22 episodes to get every damn thing right. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, with me this evening is my co-pilot and community awesome dude, Commander Kai. How's it going this evening, brother? Fantastic, brother. I'm flying spaceships. Life is good. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. And uh, Dravenos is handling some real-life issues. He might join us a little later. If he does, great. If not, we'll just catch him next time. No big deal. But with us also is, of course, JN Tracks. How's it going there, man? Excellently. Thanks for asking. In and case- by the way, that, that title is that title for Kai is canon now. Uh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Locked in. So Jay and Tracks is our audio awesome engineer. Then that is canon now as well. So right on. <laughs> hey, I'm the community awesome dude. That's the community pretty awesome. awesome. <laughs> so um real quick, tracks. Uh last or last few episodes I've been plugging your uh website and I apparently have been telling the wrong website. <laughs> no, no, no. I, <laughs> no, I, I thought it better just send everybody, if you want to know stuff that I do, uh, jntracks.com. Same as my commander name. Easy peasy. Nothing to worry about. So, Appreciate the plugs. Yeah. I, I mean, dude, you're, you're, doing, you're doing free audio work for us. Like, and that's what he does for a living. Like, and I work on computers for a living. I'm not working on computers for free. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's super cool that he does that for us. And uh, he does audio engineering stuff. He has his own podcast called The Tone Control. It's super cool that he does that. I thought it was just brave of him to do a whole show about the career of Tone Loke. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think there was that much content. <laughs> I mean, he makes it work every week. <laughs> oh, man. So... Um, also last week, um, was it last week is EGS joining us or was it the week before? It, it was, was last, last week. week. Man, these weeks are running together. So, uh, Commander Exegius joined us and I just want to mention edtutorials.com. Um, he was nice enough to give us a mention on that website. Keep an eye on that website. There's a few other things that are coming in the mix. You should also keep an eye on that website because it is a great place for information if you don't know how to do something in the game. He's got videos there. He's got guides there. If you don't know how to do something and it's not on the website, I mean, holler at us. Um, uh, if you're in Discord, you can probably holler at Exegius, and I'm sure he'll want uh, uh, recommendations on stuff that you don't know about. So, But like I said, you can always ask us first because more likely we have a guide that um, we know about too. So, Other thing is... Um, we had a squadron in a channel creation in our discord this week called squadron BGS orders. So 
I am inviting everybody of all the squadrons from uh, uh, Leviathan Regiment to anything else to post their weekly squadron orders in there. And if anybody wants to participate and help out that squadron, even if you're not a member of the squadron, you want to go help them out, post them in there and um, go help them. Uh, it's good. It's fun to do. Um, like I said, you don't necessarily have to be a member of that squadron to help. And the one thing I ask is to keep it civil. If you're at war with an opposing faction, remember it's a video game. It's not life. So, um, but if you want to, you know, if you want to, you know, a little smack talks, okay. Cause that's, that's just part of the fun, but keep it civil. So, um, anything else on that gentlemen? No, just just remember, it's it's only a game where you have to be mad. <laughs> um, other thing I want to mention is that uh, we have an in-game squadron, and it is called Loose Screws Podcast. And we don't have any pending applications, but if you want to join us, feel free to. I'm just going to say this. Right now, we are ranked 69 in CQC. 58 in Xeno Defense, 150 in Trade, and 213 in Combat. The Xeno Defense and CQC, I'm feeling I'm doing some of that this weekend. I'm feeling that. That's that. It'd be cool to break the top 50. That's all I got to say. It'd be really cool. Yeah, we have no. We had no pending uh, applications because we just went through and and uh, cleared it up. But I mean, it's a brand new squadron, but it's growing fast. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. If you have a squadron and you're with your squadron, that's completely fine. We are not trying to get you to leave your squadron. Enjoy I the am. show. <laughs> enjoy the show and stay with your buddies and tell your buddies about our show. But if you don't have a squadron and you're out there feeling lonely, just drifting through the galaxy and you're like, man, I wish I had some people to chat with and some random shit to do that would kind of give me a point to something, then uh, come on over and see what we got and you know, have some fun with us. Yeah. All right. So So sorry, had a brain fart there. All right. So um <laughs> did I, I lose connection? No. <laughs> <laughs> so um most of us uh, well, I was wanting to see how where people are actually watching us right right now. <laughs> um people we got we got some people on Twitch watching us and we got some people on YouTube watching us so that's super cool um um but we're also on Mixer uh Mixer and I took me Mixer I've never been a big fan of anything that tries to copy anything else however Mixer is like was super cool to set up and it was worked beautifully and like, Hey, we're just going to make it all easy and look at all the cute little buttons you can do. And here's some little things you can click and make it easy. And Twitch was like, Hey, here's some cool things you can do to make your life a little bit easier. And you know, uh, we got a few little irritations about how we do things, but overall it's a good thing. And YouTube, Hey, YouTube's uh, a struggle. <laughs> hey, let's, let's edit this just a little bit. <laughs> no, YouTube is a struggle to set up, but it is a good place for videos. So, yeah. Anyway, so before we get down into the uh, nitty gritty of Elite Dangerous, I'm Sunday is a pretty big day for the United States. Bum, 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 bum. Because it is Super Bowl Sunday. 
Now, I'm not the biggest football follower, and I don't think Kai is either, and I have no idea about tracks. But I wanted to know if you guys had any picks for the Super Bowl. Uh, 100% Kansas City over the Niners. Well, that saves me the trouble of Googling which teams are playing. <laughs> so look, I'm not saying I'm a fan of either team. It just it, it is what it is. I, I, I would take Kansas City. But, I mean, here's the thing. It'll be a good game. Go out, have a few beers, throw the football around, and squish some people. Like, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a, I have kind of weird feelings about it because on the one hand, I really want Kansas City to win because I really hate the 49ers because at heart I'm a Cowboys fan. And oh my gosh, I do not want another team to have six Super Bowls or six wins in the Super Bowl. So. Uh, I would like that to remain at, at two teams right now because <laughs> Cowboys got to win the next two so they can get back on top. So, um, I mean, they won't. They'll, they'll break my heart again, but whatever. Um, and the other thing is that Patrick Mahomes is from White House, Texas, which is literally like 20 miles down the road for me. Like I watched this kid play high school football. and I remember him playing high school football. So I would like to see him win the Super Bowl. I think that's really cool. That's pretty neat. Um. Uh, that being said, I, I actually think San Francisco is going to win because I think their defense is really stout. <laughs> and I don't think Kansas City's defense is, is going to be able to hold up to the tiny little bit of uh, offense that uh, Kansas City can output. Or uh, 49ers can output. Sorry, brain fart there. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not the hugest Andy Reid fan uh, from <laughs> – from his time in Philly, but like, Not. whatever. I, I just, I think Kansas City is going to take it on the day. And I think it's, they're going to take it convincingly. There's so, so Super Bowls go one of two ways. It either looks like, you know, it, an amazing team against uh, like a Pop Warner team mm-hmm. or it, or it's a tight, tight game. I, I don't even think this one's going to be a tight, tight game, man. I think it's, well, whatever. I think we have a whole lot of space nerds right now that are like, um, what are you talking about? The fo- the ball with the foot? Like, <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> let, let, let's, let's, how about, how about we move into space? Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah? moving on. Yeah. We're getting, right. yeah. So, um, but Kansas all, City, man. Anyway, yeah, honestly, go Kansas City because I don't want them to win. I don't think they will. But anyway, moving on. Man, so what is everybody up to? Or what have you been up to this week, Kai, in the game, man? So uh, I've been doing some Thargoid killing. I've been doing some uh, engineering on Thargoid killing ships. Um, And work's been kicking my butt a little bit. I haven't got a chance to do as much combat as I wanted. I I made a comment. And I think it got a laugh from everyone. I'm saying it now. I'm saying it clearly. And I'm saying it for the record. By the 4th of July, I will be combat elite. So when the 4th of July comes around, if everyone else is right and I'm wrong and I'm not combat elite, everyone remind me of this, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. So that's me. What about that's you? That's a long road. What, what about you, Ty? What, what uh, 
to some of your some of your interesting exploits. I know that you just got a new something, a little little something something just recently in like yeah. in the last 20 minutes. Yeah, so I've been playing this game for quite a while. And like launch day quite a while. And I was not aware that the Thargoid bobblehead was even a thing, which is one of the reasons why I really love this game because I'm constantly surprised, but hey, here's something new that you didn't know about that it's always existed. So last night, um, I think it was a couple days ago, I learned of the Thargoid bobblehead. And um, so last night, uh, Dubs and Chig and Raxla Smaxla, and I think you were there too, Kai. We've been fighting Thargoids and collecting hearts and uh, Raxla Smaxla and. Um, uh, Dubs was good enough to spend a large portion of their day getting me 10 meta alloys. And I was able to acquire this today because of the heart and meta alloys. And uh, if you don't have this, it's super cool to get. It's I, I did not have one before now. And uh, I, I, I was so, I just did not know it existed. And I'm so happy that I got it now because it's, this this is kind of like like one of one of the World of Warcraft things that you get that you kind of earn, and I have easily so back when I was working on um, uh, elite uh, combat elite rank, I did the math and I needed something like forty four hundred um, scouts, Thargoid scouts, to be able to hit combat elite, and that's what I hit combat elite on. Well, I did come back for a little bit and do some uh, hunting or uh, bounty hunting, but I did most of the Thargoid scouts. And I never even tried for this. So to get it now is really cool. So thank you, Dubs. Thank you, Raxlis Maxla, for and thank you, Chig, for helping me. So I appreciate it. Congratulations. To be hundred uh, percent accurate on it, uh Raxlis Maxla spent like hours uh, and did ninety percent of the work. Dubs mm-hmm. swooped in at the end. But we're gonna give him full credit because yesterday was his birthday. So big happy birthday shout out to Dubs. The man. Happy birthday, Dubs. Happy birthday, man. Thank you so much, too. And Raxla, I really thank you very much for that. And we gotta get um, we gotta get Dubs in here soon to talk about some combat stuff, man, because he's he's a very, very cool dude. It'll be well, fun. I, I was about to say we decided in our meeting the other night that we're gonna make uh dubs our February commander that we're gonna bring in and just uh talk about. Thank you, the Texasists, for the congratulations. Um, uh, but yeah, so we're going to get him in one of, the, one, one of the show one day this week. We need to talk with him and get that scheduled. So, But we will. Um, so we're going to do things a little bit different on the show this week because um, Commander DJ Wiley sent us an email about a month ago now. And we went over part of it two weeks ago, I think. Um, and I, we've been, we, we put it off last week because we ran really long with Exegius, not complaining, not complaining, but I just didn't want to have to have a four. I didn't want to have a four hour long episode. So, uh, cause we could have talked about some of this for, for forever. So we're going to talk about DJ Wiley's email to start with, because there's a lot of good stuff in here. Absolutely. Uh, some of it, like the mining stuff, we're going to skip over because it doesn't really apply no more. It was in at the end of the tweaked episode. You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. I think we were. I think we left off at like number seven. We did. 
So, um, number so this is about balance adjustments to the game that he wants to see made. And um, I'm going to make a copy of this track so you have it, but I can only send it as a freaking image because it's in a Discord now, so yeah. in the a crew chat. So, all right. Number seven, is there a reason to use the trade route function on the Galaxy map? I can't think of a time I have needed to use it. Regular trading is just not a viable way to make credits. Maybe it was buffed somehow, or if mining didn't count towards trade elite, it'd be more meaningful. So we're going to take take this in chunk to begin with. Um, the trade route function on the Galaxy map. Does anybody, does anybody besides me use that? So very few people really use that because to be honest with you it's a little clunky it's a little uh questionable on the information and third-party resources inara and eddb.io just do a much better job of sort of providing the functionality with more up-to-date information yeah, I've I've never felt the like I've never seen it show more than one or two jumps around, and, and it doesn't seem to be the information I would really want if I was trying to trade effectively. It there doesn't seem detailed or fully fledged enough. Now there are some changes coming to that as early as tomorrow that we'll discuss later in the episode. But yeah, right. Um, so for me, I actually use it fairly often. And I know this sounds weird, but the reason why is because <clears throat> BR, getting out of VR, and I know I have a window I can use and all that, but moving around in VR to where I can search like EDDBIO or something is kind of clunky when I'm just doing trading stuff. And mm-hmm. I much prefer to use the in-game thing. Now, that being said, I do feel like the data is not very accurate. It is it is kind of clunky to use, but it, it's less clunky than getting out of VR and all that. So, mm-hmm. well, okay. So uh, I've never, I've literally never used. I've turned it on and I see the lines arcing back and forth between stars. Um, but I don't, I don't even know how to read that. Like, because I've, I've, I've always looked at it and gone, well. I just want the highest sell price of whatever I'm carrying. So I'm going to go on a third-party tool to find that, you know? So what would I do? So if I've got a hold full of something, what do I do on the Galaxy map to to give me some useful information? So I'm kind of going through right now. What I do is I show trade routes and show all, and then I find what commodity I'm looking for in regards to the import price. So let's say I'm looking for, well, let's just, let's just do, do they have it? Is it, is void opals a metal or is it like minerals? Uh, They always always say minerals. Yeah. Well, we'll just look at it. It doesn't matter. Do do beryllium. Yeah. Yeah. Beryllium or bauxite or whatever. All right. So, the basically it's saying that the blue stuff is where you want to import to. So for instance, in between what is this Harigi system here and hip one, two, one, five, five, that's a good way. Like this would be a good trade route here for you. So, okay. That's another thing you can do. I'm not doctor the station right now. Let me turn around to the station real quick. Another thing you can do is when you're at the station and you're looking at the commodity panel, 
you can um, there's a little two little yellow circles you can click, and then you choose the station you want to trade at. And it'll tell you what the value of, of that of all the different items are for stations that are within whatever range it says. Now I have no idea about the range. I don't know what it considers to be in your range of gathering data. So I know it goes off stations you've been to or star systems you've been to recently. But um, you can also purchase data, right? You can. And you have to do that from the galaxy map, right. which is, again, a little clunky. I wish they put it all. What we need, honestly, is a full-blown trade window, like an actual trading market thing that actually works together in one box. We don't need like this, because you have to go from the galaxy map and you have to go to the, um, commodity screen inside of the station. It's clunky, and we need yeah. we need the, our commodities market. So these were the two circles I was talking about here. Now let's just say I'm gonna pick uh, Maya Point in uh, the the system Maya. So basically, these are all the things. <clears throat> I'm go to the sale here. These are all the things. So I could ship them liquid oxygen per ton. I can make 510 credits. Um, I can ship them. Uh, CMM composites, and per ton, I can make 910 credits. Um, here's one right here, gold, 1130 credits, uh, palladium. But you get the idea. Uh, so so last week, uh, Obsidian Ant put out a really good video that discussed this specific topic, the, the fact that, that that whole tool set is kind of a little clunky, it's a little out of date, it's a little underwhelming. And he also showed... Uh, footage he showed uh, concept art that was released during the Kickstarter and in previous uh, dev talks or whatever that showed a full page panel that showed the commodity that showed market history that showed a, a, a much more sort of comprehensive area of the galaxy and, and different market interactions and what have you. And he, he basically posed the question like, Hey, this was a thing that you've shown us that you had sort of played around with we'd like more like that and it sounds like that's what you guys are both coming around to is that you know something like that would be would be a good thing and and yeah. in future development yeah well it seems like what they have is, is like uh hard it's, it's both hard to use and not very comprehensive on what it can do for you so it's yeah. just like e either way you're just going to save your time and and uh, hop on over to one of the other sites. Um, so the statement he makes here, well, let me say one other thing real quick. So there was a concept art that FDF put out for a trade screen that we've never seen in game. And uh, I wish I could find it. If, if I find it, I'll link it in Discord later. It was, that's what, that's what I was talking just talking about. about. That, that was in the Obsidian Ant video. Oh, was he linking? Was he linking the exact same one? I didn't he, realize it was literally the exact same one, so. in, in his video. Yeah, he showed that that picture of the. It was a commodity, and then it showed the uh, like a picture of the commodity at the top, and then it had like a brief paragraph on what the commodity is and like places where you would find it and what have you. And then underneath that, there was a bar graph of the history of sales of that commodity, and below mm -hmm. that, there were like a listing of all the stations and their interactions with that commodity. I got you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I remember you saying that, but my brain wasn't making the connection that it was the same one. No, because you were digging for the picture at that point. Exactly. You're, you're yeah, already exactly. doing your research. <laughs> I, dude, I've been there a million times for sure. I get it. All right. All right. So the statement. So DJ Wiley says regular trading is just not a viable way to make credits. 
maybe it was buffed somehow or if mining didn't count towards trade elite. So there's kind of two things here. Um, I think trading is viable to make credits. I think you can earn credits making, making trades. Um, a good example is the rare trade system. I made, I mean, I bought my first Anaconda off of, off of rare trades. Um, I bought my vet off of rare trades the very first time. You can, you know, standard trading. I, who was it in our group? Was it Meg? I think it was Meg that bought her vet. I'm sorry, her uh, uh, cutter or his cutter off of the, um, off of just trading. I believe that it was Meg 81. Yeah, he got his, his, uh, he got his trade elite. So I think you've got, he actually got expiration first and then, then trade. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he did it through straight trading. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, yeah, the thing to keep in mind there, DJ, is like, so in the time that he's been playing and what he's been doing, you know, for the last, obviously for the last, oh, I don't know, almost a year for the last eight months or whatever, mining has been so much the king, the pinnacle of earning money in this game compared to anything else that I can definitely see it see a person feeling like there's no point to doing anything else you just mine but if this last two weeks has taught us anything it's that this game is cyclical and you know the gold rush for yes for eight months the gold rush was mining but before that the gold rush was you know, uh, Robigo. And before that, the gold rush was skimmers. And before that, it was, you know, this kind of trading or that kind of mission or this kind of whatever. And they've said that there were are more balanced passes coming. Obviously, we've seen in the last two weeks, massive hits to earning potential in mining. Um, and, and, and sort of, who knows if that's even going to how that's going to play out because <clears throat> you know there's going to be more changes to come in the future and the market's going to settle but based off the fact that you know the key key telling factor here is that it is a permanent change that they're sticking to based on what we've heard today that that you know the 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 mining is going to be further modified by what's in your cargo mining's taking a little bit of a hit so who knows if three months from now or six months from now or in 2020 paid update in December, if they come out with some new massively buffed, you know, uh, way to earn credits by doing combat or by doing trade or by doing passenger missions. All of these tools, they exist in a universe and there's constant flux between going through this method or that method of earning money, but the tools still need to work so that when the good thing is something else, you're able to use it effectively. So <clears throat> with that being said, combat, I feel like needs some sort of credit buff. And uh, I've kind of felt this for years. But with the with with just doing normal trading, you know, if you're not made, if you're not really in a huge trading ship, you can't really make money. So maybe maybe there's something to be said about maybe there needs to be a way that you can play the market a little bit better to where you can make more money that way. Like 
And not, I'm not talking about just like going mining and getting stuff there and doing that, like actually taking, you know, minerals to a refinery or something. I think that they mentioned that in the patch notes we'll talk about in a little bit. But the next thing he says here is maybe if mining was buffed somehow or if mining didn't count towards trade, elite, it would be more meaningful. I hit trade elite when I turned in void opals. And I wasn't really trying for trade elite. I was actually just trying to make money. Um, I wasn't really paying attention. The, really, the only elites I worked on to actually earn was combat and explorer. Uh, so I, I kind of hear what you're saying on this. There's something to be said about... Uh, because with, with the amount of, with the value of Void Opals and Paynot and low temperature diamonds, they did kind of lower the value of Trade Elite. Um, but I think because they it did was credit that. Made. Right. And I think you can make a billion credits is, is, or like 950 million or something like that uh, total to, before you hit it. Um, but I think they kind of did that because they kind of gave everybody an opportunity to get access to all the ships, to get access to all the modules. And I think they did that because they're, they're, they're setting us up for the next step, kind of, in whatever's in the 2020. So, um, Yeah, I mean, we discussed that, we discussed that last week, and uh, my feeling was that, yeah, they, they, they gave us access to all the money, so that we could play with all the toys because that's how they make real money is when I get a new, you know, oh my God, I just got an Anaconda or I just got a Corvette. Well, I'm going to go buy a paint job for that thing. And then that's how they, you know, pay their mortgages. So like, yeah, for sure. They want us to have access to the money, but a way to get around that, if you feel like it is nerfed or whatever, would be to push back the total amount of credit, you know, needed to get that trade elite, but to, and that that's a whole separate issue though, but that does not help out DJ Wiley's concern of, he's saying for those people that choose to go the trading route, as opposed to the mining route, if you know, if you make it now that you need twice as much money to get trade elite, that just means that poor DJ Wiley would be space trucking a whole lot longer to get that same result. So I think it's just with, with with regard to trade elite, you just have to get that it's like there's different ways to make money, and in much like in the real world, you sort of have an obligation. If what your goal is is to just try to earn money or earn elite, and you want to do it as as uh, efficiently as possible. You have to look at all the methods, see what is the smartest and the fastest right now, and engage in that method. Now, you don't have an obligation to do that. You can just relax and keep on space trucking if that's what floats your boat. But, you know, you can't sort of say, I want to do this, I don't want to do that, but I want this to be worth more money. I mean, you you can say that as far as like what you want, but you, you can't expect that you're going to get it. It's always in this game, it, it, it tilts this way or that way with whatever the gold rush is. And, you know, hope, hopefully, I, I agree with you, Ty. I'd like to see combat be the gold rush for a while. Hopefully, come, you know, December 2020, there's a balance pass. But I guarantee you, when I say there's a balance pass, there will never be balance. 
this is this is a game. It's full of gamers, <clears throat> and gamers will find the absolute most efficient route to do something lazy. So that means if the new best way to do it is skimmers, or the new best way to do it is combat, or the new best way to do it is rare trading, or whatever it is, everyone will rush like locusts to that new way and do it that way. So you just have to learn whatever the best way is right now, if you want to do it efficiently and do it that way as best as you can. Otherwise, if you're not in a hurry and you're just having fun with it, then you do you and don't worry about the rest of it. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. I'm anyway, moving on. (laughs) Um, number eight, modules and weapon rebalance. I won't go into too much detail. It just could be a whole other email, but there are lots of examples of weapons or modules that are either useless and are rarely used or are too overpowered. Um, I have mixed feelings about this because I don't know if, I don't feel like there's anything that I would consider to be too overpowered. Um, and I think there's a lot of stuff people call out as useless, and I've found great fun uses for them. Yeah, I, I will say I feel like I feel like there are some things that you have to be more creative to be useful. Uh, a good example is, uh, well, actually, you know what? I will say I think about the only thing that is useless are like um, like the remote release flak launchers. They just <laughs> the swarm turns too fast. Neither I just suck at it. I don't know, but no, I think you're you uh, just you just enraged a whole channel full of AX guys <laughs> that are like, shut your whore mouth. Because that, let me tell you something: the the flak launcher is sworn by for killing swarms. So I mean, but again, so this goes back to what I just said yeah. before. It doesn't, ha- not everything has to be your thing. If it's not your thing, if you're like, man, I love rails. God, I can't stand multi cannons. And then you might be right next to a guy that's like, I love multi cannons. Keep those goddamn rails away from me. Everyone's got their style, man. Tracks, you were saying? Uh, well, I, I agree. I mean, the, the flak launcher is our only defense against the swarm. But it's also it's perfectly fine. I mean, you you have to get used to it because it's totally different than any other gun. But there's lots of things like that. I've heard people say exactly that about all kinds of stuff. Cyto scramblers, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever. I I I was I was there when we got your vet down to ten percent, and <laughs> I was I was using cyto scramblers that day because all yeah. you know it's it's it, all these things. Yeah, they're useless. Okay. Well, have some fun, you know. Um, what what was the story Exegius told about um, pirating in some small ship and making great use of specialized mines? Mm-hmm. Mines. When do you see people firing mines off? But they can be used to great effect um, if you think about it. And all these things, all these things. Well, and, and uh, down to earth stream, he was putting cytos on something too, and so. You know, people. I, I I agree. I read that. I read this number eight and said. Hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe I, I, I bet a year ago when I was first kind of discovering like what certain weapons were and stuff like that. And I kind of thought, well, that seems stupid. Why would I ever do that? And it's like, yeah, um, I guess if you're thinking about the sort of combat that a, you know, FDL loaded with plasmas and rails is good at, 
you could you could sort of say like nothing else is as good as at that job as that build is. Um, mm. But there's a ton of other stuff you you can do in this game and different ways to do it and and different fun things that are happening. So so it's, when I start you know stopped exclusively flying my FDL in combat and started trying out different kinds of things. All kinds of new different modules open up and different kinds of builds and trying shieldless builds and um, changing things up a lot. And, and I, I, I think, I don't know, I, I can't think of anything that I, that I think I would dramatically need to change balance-wise. So, that's so you're, exactly, you're exactly right. That was down to earth that uh, he was using the Kratos Scramblers on his Blunderbuss build that popped the uh, the Anaconda in 20 seconds. So with all of these things, it's like, um, I like that there are a ton of different things. And I like that you may look at something and go, I have no use for this. But so what's the alternative? The alternative is, they pare it down to like just four or five things and they all kind of are quote unquote balanced and equal. And that takes all the flavor away. If you have, you know, 90 different weapon types and they all have their weird edge case uses where it's like, yeah, it's crap for this, this, and this, but oh my God, it's the king at that. You, it, it allows players to, you know, play with things and come up with some really amazing, you know, concoctions on their own. So I'm, I, I get what he's saying from the standpoint of like, oh, this frustrates me or that frustrates me. And I would just encourage him to shift his viewpoint a little bit on that issue to say, this isn't for me. I enjoy these. So then just go play with those. But you may find yourself a year from now or two years from now coming back and looking at it because you have an idea for a weird build. And it could turn out to be, you know, something just blunderbuss terrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As soon as I started paying attention to odd builds, um, now I have I have the opinion that like the module and weapon selection in Elite is is one of the best aspects of it of the See, game yeah, itself. That's exactly what I think too. I really feel like that the that the weapon selection is good. I my not so much on weapons, but I do kind of feel like engineering as a whole needs a balance pass um, because it feels like there are some engineering things that are really powerful and why would you choose anything else and I feel like there are some that are just garbage and why do they why do they even exist and yeah you might be able to make a case for for certain builds or certain situations but I would like to see them balance them out a little bit maybe come up with some 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 newer ones uh, Hmm. I don't know. I, I don't have a good example off the top of my head, but that's well, really hard. Though this is sort of like the same thing um, that's been discussed a lot recently about, like, uh, like we were just talking about how to, how to get your trade elite and stuff like that, and how this should be rebalanced. But what about the old players? And it, you know, none of that's really possible to change in the game. Yeah. Like you can't you can't actually change that. So we're just sort of like discussing for the sake of it. You know, like they can't re they can't change the effects that you know, I I don't know. I well what happened? They they uh in an update last year, there was a change to drag munitions special effect. Mm-hmm. And everybody lost their lid for five days until they rolled it back. <laughs> yeah. It took it, you know. Um 
And that was seen as an overpowered change. And that was just one one little change that they tried to make. And, and it didn't really work out. I don't know. And adding something would be a, a lot of complication. If they did it right, I suppose it could work. But Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I don't the, the, the thing that comes to my mind off the top of my head is I would like it... Like, we have... Um, we have some lightweight stuff and that's nice. Our engineering things and we have some integrity stuff that's nice. I think well, if we had I think it'd be cool if we had some flat out like low heat stuff. So you can make a you could really and I know you can do things to make a stealth ship, but really focus on making like a full blown stealth ship. Uh, mm-hmm. so we we do have some low heat stuff in some. there. We do. I think, we do. I think the, the main thing to think about with the engineering stuff is again the, the those engineering things, and I, I understand what you're saying, Ty, where you're like, well, you know, I, I'm never going to use this, this, and this. Well, if you're building a certain type of ship and that's kind of what you're focusing on, then, yeah, you might never. But I with with few exceptions, there either are now or could – well, no, with no exceptions, there either are now or could potentially in the future be a good – mix or pairing for every engineering for everything if you're like hey look i mean look the the most obvious case you know you know tell everybody like oh hey look check it out an ass scout and everyone's gonna say okay that ship is absolute trash it is horrible and why would you ever want it okay well maybe except for if you're building a stealth build that you're gonna run super cool and you're going to hit somebody with, uh, you know, some torpedoes and drop their, you know, like as a, as a start. Or you're, you just want the absolute best smuggling ship in the game. If you don't shoot and you don't afterburner, or boost rather, uh, you're going to run cold enough that you will never get scanned by the cops. So you could just fill it up with contraband and go right on through the mail slot like, yeah, da, 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 da. you could go AFK in front of the station. You're fine. Like everything no matter what you know how useless and trash it may seem it has a potential use and if you start taking away you know things whether it's engineer like ah well you know these are the only good ones so we're just going to make it easy just pick this one or that one it's like no man give me give me choices even if they're bad choices give me choices and maybe i'll I'll build something that'll surprise everyone well I'm all for choices. I do think that I, probably a better way to put it is, is I would like to see them put in some new ones. Just give us like give us some crazy stuff just for shits and giggles, you know. Uh, probably and, probably Thargoid stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would, some some I would new engineering would have to be in that direction because everything else. I was actually just going over in my head like, what do what engineering do I think actually? do I never even think about? Now, I've been going through all my specialized builds and I've been doing modifications that I never do on other ships, but I've been finding reason to use, you know, long range or lightweight instead on a combat ship, you know, things like that. Um, The one thing that I can't figure out when I would ever use is anything other than charge enhanced on a distributor. Yeah. So I guess distributor so, is the only one. So let me, I, I, and I, here you go. And you're a very knowledgeable guy, but let me tell you, uh, you definitely want to go engine focused for certain power distributors on certain exploration builds. And here's why. 
because you can get uh you can get a crate phantom with a oh, a super small distributor or a conda with a super small distributor and it will not have the ability to boost but if you go weapon or excuse me if you go uh engine focused did i say weapon earlier i meant engine you got it right no yeah, you said okay. it right if i if you go engine focused you can make that thing boost it goes from mm-hmm. not being able to boost you drop engine focus on it, now it can boost. All With right. regard to weapon focus, for certain mining ships, for laser miners, you go weapon focus because that gives you an extra 15, like 12 to 15 seconds before you're going to overheat. And then it makes it to where basically you can fire and drain every rock without any question whatsoever. So like even, even weird stuff, yes, 90% of the ships that we're going to build are going to be charge enhanced. But there are cases where you want the options. I agree with you on that. However, I um, I don't know. I just I'd like to see new stuff. Oh, I um, completely yeah. agree with you on that. More choices are always yeah. good. Uh, number nine, Saul Kruger passenger ships. Passenger ships should be good at passenger mission. Passenger missions. VIP cabins aren't really worth it. There aren't enough VIP missions on the boards. Increasing them could be a start. But another suggestion would be to make the regular cabins hold more people on a passenger mission. For example, a Class 4 economy cabin on a regular ship holds 8. But with the passenger ship bonus, it could hold 10 on a Dolphin. I actually kind of like this idea. the module's worth more on a dedicated ship. Yeah, Yeah. I actually actually like this idea. there's a bunch of people who's gonna who will argue with me, but the Saud Kruger ships, I don't own a single one. And I probably never will. Only ones uh, I haven't tried yet. Yeah. I, I I have no desire to run passengers. I did a I did a little bit of it when it first came out just because so I could see what it was like. I did a little bit of it back when it was a good way to make money, and it, it still is a pretty good way to make money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have to go to the long distance passenger stuff. The thing that irritated me about passengers was I had a bunch of them eject. <laughs> <laughs> Which was all it can the think smell, of Ty? <laughs> oh, shit. All you know, if you had was, yourself exactly. a South Kruger ship, they would have stayed. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if they don't like my vet, they don't like me, all right? You took them out in your vet with all the paint scratched off. What the fuck do <laughs> you think they were going to do? It's so odd that all of these imperial citizens and, you know, these hoity-toity imper- oh, imperial types... <laughs> We're not happy with your vet. I don't know so why that So my point is, I'm done with this asshole <laughs> shit. My point is, <laughs> my point is, is that uh, it was so dumb. They're like, uh, I, I need to get uh, four uh, uh, tons of, of uh, meat stores or something. Okay. Well, there's a lot of station for like three jumps for meat. So you're going to have to wait. So... I had to get to the system where there's three jumps, and by then they ejected because they only were happy with me for long enough. And maybe I just don't know what I'm doing on them. That's a very good case. <laughs> so, but it would be well, cool. It'd be cool to, like, on a passenger ship, you to be able to put stores in there to where you can anticipate their needs. You see what I'm saying? I, I agree with you. And I think so. With regard, I, I'm not sure that you really want to say put that they hold more passengers. I mean, that's one way you could go, but I do completely agree, and it seems to make perfect sense to me that if you have the brand new top of the line Beluga liner and you're out there, it should give 
it should grant an automatic bonus to the morale of your passengers. Like, and you can write in there that it's like, Hey, we've got a luxury bar and we've got a, you know, gourmet, whatever. And we've got all this and that and the other. So it makes perfect sense that your passengers would be more contented. Like you would get an auto, you should absolutely get an automatic bonus for that. And then maybe if you want to say like, ah, well, we want to have a little extra, you know, something or, or, Maybe instead of saying more passengers, say that you're you get an automatic um, morale bonus, and you get to charge some you know fifteen percent extra just straight up because it's like a luxury ship or something. Like I I, mm-hmm. I take that and and for the record, um, I love my little dolphin that will never ever overheat now thanks to the change that they made in January and that has the. Uh, it has. I have the livery for it. I have the the paint job of it of the little like New York yellow taxi. So beep beep, <laughs> beep, beep y'all. This kind of falls in line with stuff that Ty has mentioned before about ships having specialized, extra specialized features that aren't just the sum of their parts. So mm. you know the 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 passenger ships having something extra that gives you that bonus, like like a store inside or something weird. And I think Ty, you had been talking about like theorizing, theorizing an an as yet unreleased ship, like a like a another large alliance ship or something like that, that would have some special feature that was just for exploration. You know, like it could it could equip something that nothing else could equip, or it would get some bonus to it. You know, that stuff like that could be fun and cool. Hundred percent. And the vet should have some nifty little special combat thing it can do where you hit the button and it does the top gun move and your guy flies right by or something. No. <laughs> well, the vet should just definitely have double strong size four weapons. That's all. No big deal. Okay. <laughs> I th- <laughs> all right. I think, I think, shit on I my think tracks. No, no, no. We're <laughs> no, not. I'm we're not. saying Buffett. <laughs> I thought Listen. I literally I thought that you were about to get on your knees and 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 uh, tell tracks that it's love at first sight. Well, that did not sound right. No, I don't mean get. I mean I thought you were about you to propose to me. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I thought you were about to tell tracks that you know uh, that you just found love because he's talking about buffing your vet for combat, like that it's awesome already. <laughs> but just the same way that the beluga beluga is the luxury ship and should get some extra buff to trade passenger missions <laughs> the vet should get a little extra oomph in combat a little something something right <clears throat> well who knows uh, the vet the vet has a lot of oomph anyway but it I does it anyway. needs a little more <laughs> i love my more <laughs> See, oh, so okay you've come around all right all right so yeah, it needs it needs it needs a little more love, guys. The, the vet needs a little more love. It doesn't ah. need it. The vet is already amazingly strong. It needs a little but, more. No, 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 no. Hold shield, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. More jump it range. It doesn't need it because the vet is already amazing. But we wouldn't say no. <laughs> That's how you put it. Because otherwise, you're talking yeah. trash on your vet, bro. It yeah. it takes a lot of intestinal fortitude to stand up and say like this this ship that I love is too strong. It's not. Um, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people feel this way just about engineering in general. So uh, before this devolved... Engineering, in- the game was was different, and now every ship can perma-boost, and it's mm. just kind of... 
So before this devolves into a three-hour love letter of the vet, let's get back to DJ Wiley's thing. (laughs) Are we on 10 now? Yeah, we're on 10. Um, Make material grinding a a bit less grindy. I don't mind most of the actual gameplay, but something like giving out five of material instead of three for each chunk scooped would certainly certainly help. I think you could lick this in one step Um, because I think HGE's uh, high-grade emissions are right where they need to be, and I think there's plenty of sources for other things. The trading values at the material trader are wrong, and yes. everyone agrees with me. And that would the one little tweak to that, you it would it could be minor. It could just be three to one instead of six. The whole game changes. So three to one instead of six, and the same going up is coming down. So mm-hmm. if it's one to three going up, it should be not one to it should not be six to one to go up and one to three coming down. If it's six yeah. to one to go up, make it six to one to come down. Mm-hmm. I also think you, we should be able to cross trade. Um, what I mean by like uh, raw should be able to be tradable with data and oh. et cetera. Now so, there should be a bigger penalty there. So like, the problem, the, I, I agree with you in theory that it would be cool. But the problem with that, as I previously stated, we are all gamers. We will all game the system. If you do that, then here's what's going to happen. People who don't want to figure out how to do HGEs or don't want to whatever, they're just going to go to out to the raw crystal site and then trade them for the others, or they're just going to go to Jameson's Cobra and yep. do the data and then just trade it for everything. Some, somebody I, will I, math out the minimum time to fill a bin yes. that's close to a trader, and that's the end. Yes. If you're so I I like I I get what you're saying, Ty, in theory, but I like that it forces you to do multiple different types of things instead of just gaming out what is the most efficient per minute and then just do that over and over and over until your eyeballs bleed. The one thing I would say to, to DJ Wiley is if you're at all having issues come into comms and ask us because, you know, you hang out with us quite a bit, but like my man Exegius has you covered. Go check out the site. He will break down how to do those HGEs like a boss. The crystals, it's all there, like at the, at the site, uh, you know, the, the, the Cobra for, for the, uh, for the encoded data. None of them are, are really hard. I get if you're saying like, no, I already know how to do all it. I just feel like it's a little grindy. Okay, I get that. But really, if you if you go with the most efficient method, it's I get it that it's, you know, you could wish that it's a little easier, but man, just throw on Netflix and get her done. If you don't want it to be work, it does work the way that they say it does. Like they say, you're supposed to be able to find them just playing the game. You really can. Uh, If you just, if you just do a variety of things, you can, and, and, and you aren't trying to engineer things all the time. If you're trying to build a new ship and engineer it, start to finish all in one go, then that's, that's a lot. You know what I mean? All at once. And you need to be prepared to do the grinding that's required for that. But if you're just sort of like playing as you go and doing whatever and engineering things, maybe once in a while, if you have the stuff, you're going to find that you have a bunch of full bins randomly. Um, hey, why, 
why why were you looking right at me when you said that tracks if you need to engineer <laughs> things constantly why what dude come on oh uh, yeah well i think it's i think it's great that you hacked into my webcam and you could see where i was looking it's we're all <laughs> a lot closer now <laughs> no but um I, I just mean like that was sort of the promise of the thing. That's what FDev has said. Like this is the way they want it to be done. Um, they have clearly put in these methods to do it efficiently, to do a grind. Um, and they're not sorry about it. You know, they've said that it's perfectly okay to menu flip to reset these in- instances and stuff like that. So, you know, they're they're letting it happen from both sides, but you don't have to do the grind. It's like, it's like I always I always want to say that when I hear somebody talk about how the game is grindy, it's like there's there's plenty of fun to be had that has nothing to do with grinding, um, and and you can you can do it that way too. Well, the I've I've said it before and I'll say it again. I like grind, so yeah. um, I don't like RNG, but anyway. Number eleven, uh, we only got like five more here, so. Um, we should probably try to go through these a hair faster. So, mm-hmm. uh, okay. why do why do collector limpets expire after one scoop? If you have something targeted but work continuously, if they don't, it makes no sense. I would consider this an annoying bug that should get fixed. Let me start off by saying, I think limpets as a whole need to get a whole fucking <laughs> rework. Um, I feel like they work pretty damn good for what they are. That being said, I'm a big believer. I don't subscribe to the theory that we need to have. Uh, one master control limpet thing to where we can program independently. I don't like that. What I like is let me have a so so. Let's say you have a class seven slot, all right. And let's say I put a class three repair limpet controller in that slot, and then I put another class three excuse me, collector limpet in that slot. And then I put another class three uh, decontamination. Class one. Yeah, you, you just, went, one now yeah, seven, now you just went to class nine. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Math is hard. Math three, is three, hard. Three, three, and one, Ty. Three, three, and one. <laughs> yeah. Shit. But you I, get I agree with that. Yeah. yeah, that seems like a so fair way to do it. <clears throat> so basically you what you're saying modules. is, yeah, I, I, that's what I said before. We should have a nested uh, limpet controller and then... You say, okay, what size slot are you putting in? I'm putting it in a seven. Okay, spend seven points how you like. You can have right. a one prospector, a three collector, and a three decontamination if for some reason you think that rock's going to give you AIDS. Like, you, you just, you know, but but <laughs> it fits into the, to the total there. So if you want to have an exploration ship that has a, you know, a one, 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 one of everything, you know, because you may want to use it as to collect something, or you may want to use it as a recon limpet if you come mm-hmm. across something weird on the other side of the galaxy, or you may want to use it as a decontamination limpet if, you know, whatever. Okay, fine. But just like exactly like you said, Ty, if you take the total number there, then you can say, okay, it's nested and it it, it can hold, you know, up to whatever. It'll hold yeah. up to that yeah. that value. I'd buy that for two hundred thousand credits. Right. Yeah. So let me also say that I also think that we should be able to target our individual collectors and say, release that item and ignore it. You know, like if you like, there's like no you way I get there in time. Yeah, I, I mean, more more likely you're right, but at the same time, I think it, I think, I think I hear what he's saying here that targeting a thing and then saying. 
that one thing goes and get it and draw and then yeah you know that's weird that's that's dumb but it does feel like a bug well uh, i mean we literally just used that earlier when you guys were transferring the thargoid hearts so i know i it, know it has a it has a reason and also but, too but you could also you also like select them like have a mode to where it's like grab everything or only grab target Okay. It's not yeah, a big deal just, programming. You're just we're, adding bindings to the binding page now. Where, where, it is, where it is already, you can absolutely use it. Just don't target stuff before you send it out. It's, yeah. I, I get it yeah. that you want something different, but this is what we got. All right. No, that's actually a good point. All right. Number 12. <sighs> Small ships have no real purpose after the very early stage of the game, and it's far too easy to make the jump to medium ships these days, so nobody really flies small ships for long i'm thinking maybe have certain missions or signal sources that are only for a certain size ship incoming enemies could be adjusted accordingly so small ships only get matched against other ships they can take on rather than base it just on the pilot's combat rank dead wrong every word i'm calling him out i'm gonna save mine for last so y'all go ahead <laughs> i use small ships I use ships of all size. I love my small ships, even though I've had access to all kinds of other ones. And I I soloed an elite anaconda in a Hazrez with my shieldless Viper uh, just last week. So, nope. So, okay. So, I, I agree halfway with Wiley and halfway with you. I agree that he's dead wrong on the... No one flies small ships anymore. I fly small ships. I love small ships. I agree with you 100% on that side tracks. However, having said that, his concept <laughs> intrigues me of saying having certain things that you can do with a small ship that would be new, interesting, meaningful gameplay that would be small ship targeted. You need to make sure that you control for variables so that you don't have people game the system and say, okay, I'm going to accept this small ship mission and then wing up with somebody in an anaconda and we're going to just tear through it in two seconds to game it. But if you had solo content where it's like you have a small ship and it's a base assault and like literally part of the base assault is you have to fly through some kind of a tunnel or something and come through the other side, like that the base is in a cave or something and that, you know, a large mm. ship just would not fit in there. That would be super, super cool. So I, I agree with you that, it's just because he doesn't like small ships doesn't mean other people don't. But I like the concept of having some new options with stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So this would and be I'm like a station that only has small pads, like where outposts sure. can't land sure. a, a large ship, something that can't land a, anything but a small ship. Sure. Right, right. Maybe if you, you had an outpost somewhere that you had to do a mission on and only a small ship would fit, it wouldn't even take a medium. So it's like, right. dude, you're not taking your python, bro. Take a cobra. Have fun. All right, my turn. Sure. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, to begin with, I want to say I love large ships. I've always liked large ships. That's no secret to anybody in here. I'm a big believer that small ships are a little weird uh, in the meta of the game. Uh, they definitely have a place. They have a better place than large ships in the meta of the game, or the, meta, the PvP meta of the game. Um, but really medium ships are kind of the, they are the millennium Falcons. They are the best ships 
um, overall, which really hurts my heart. I'm not, I'm not trashing you, vet. I love you, but, <laughs> um, man, this is what I want them to see change with small ships. I, I don't, I don't, I don't like the idea of having special areas where only small ships can go to. I don't necessarily like that idea. I think if you want to see more people in small ships, I think the easy way to do it is to, if you have a large ship, let me stick my sidewinder underneath it. I have a fighter bay. Let, let me let me get rid of the fighter bay. Let me have a small ship bay that it will let my yeah they hang out down there. It doesn't have to be completely docked, you know. And maybe maybe while it's docked, I lose some you know some turning radius, some performance. But let me you know that way, uh, my buddy can get it and launch it. And if you it's if you if I lose it, it's a full blown loss kind of thing. It's a it's a full blown loss, but. Hey, how cool would we have an eagle underneath you? You know? Yeah, so this is like the shuttlecraft kind of thing where so that a large ship can interact with things that it wouldn't be able to otherwise, like transferring cargo to an outpost or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that could be cool. Yeah, I um I really like that idea. I really want to keep I really want to um I've I I still remember that early concept art where we see the Anaconda launch bay, and there's a sidewinder coming out of it. And I don't really want the Anaconda, but I really want the sidewinder <laughs> launching out of my bay. <laughs> so, uh, Side, little sidey coming out of uh, going with the uh, little sidey coming out of your vet. So, you yeah. guys, you, yeah. you heard it all here first, folks. Ty likes big ships and he cannot lie. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Number 13. Asteroid belts. There's literally no point in mining them. No credits to be made. Maybe they should be made. Maybe they should make some kind of materials that you can only find in belts. Uh, right. uh, sorry, I lost my place. Belts. Either something we can sell for decent credits or have as part of a mission where you have to mine specific material from a belt. Okay, yeah. this one's super simple. 100% agree. What, so well, what on, he's talking hold on, about? Hold on. hold on. To begin with, when he means asteroid belts, I think he's talking, to, and you just pointed this out to me, Kai. Yeah. So I was thinking asteroidal rings. He's actually yeah. talking about like the asteroid, like the, uh, what are they clusters. called? The, yeah, the, the clusters asteroid clusters are. inside of systems that nobody ever freaking goes to. So, yeah. So, real quick. Yeah, just to break that down real quick. Uh, 100% agree. He's talking about where you have the, t- when you when you scan a planet, you bring up the this, this system map, and you see the star. And then you see those two little lines of rocks, and then you see, you know, eight or nine planets and moons and what have you. Those two little lines of rocks are in and of themselves just these asteroid fields, I think are what they're called. And those asteroid fields, in theory, should provide some awesome dynamic gameplay. There could be neat things that you do there. Maybe, you know, special materials that you mine, or maybe there's a mission where you have to go in there and rescue a miner who's, you know, something's bad happened to a ship. Or maybe you go in there and you hunt down some pirate who's like, that's where his lair is and his his gang or whatever. Mm. That There's so much cool stuff they could do with that. And so far... Not so much. So I just, that's an easy, absolutely, yes, it's a thing in the game. It should have some cool shit that we can do with it. And I look forward to that. We know that coming up soon, 
we're getting in June, we're getting some fleet carriers, and Maybe we know that the they have is. some special fuel that has to be mined mm -hmm. and or purchased from certain stations for credits. I would love it if it was mined there, because then we would actually have a point to it, and maybe... They would add cool game stuff in there like pirates to hunt you down or that you got to go hunt down or mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff. So just 100% easy. Yes. Slam dunk to your question. Yeah. yeah. It's an opportunity there for some, something new. All right. Here's what I'll say about it real quick. I think, I think that more things to do inside of the, uh, Celestial bodies in general would be fun. I still want gas mining. I still want to see comets. I still want to see uh, uh, planetary accretion disks, stuff like that. And yeah, um, I, I keep hoping that stuff's coming. And there was actually some stuff there for a while where they were talking about comets, about how they're coming. They were talking about uh, uh, gas mining. That's something that they could that they could see us doing at some point and it's kind of falling off or maybe it's not falling off. Maybe these are things coming in the 2020 update. We just don't know, uh, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. Um, so he has three more bullet points here. I'm going to read them real quick. Um, so I, I've, I've just reread them. Do you want me to just sum it up in two seconds to get it done? Sure. All right. So real quick, he says, we need more SRVs. Of course, everybody's going to agree with that. Yep. He yep. says, we want a Panther Clipper. Of course, everybody's going to agree with that. He eh. says, okay, whatever. Maybe you don't care, but <laughs> nobody's going to say, are you going to say no to any new ship? I'm not. No, no. And then he says, hey, I want to be able to land on the moon. Of course, everybody wants that. A hundred percent. Yeah, I want that. And, and oh then he God. ends it. And then he ends it. And this is super important. He said, look, I know that some of these questions might seem critical. I don't want to be critical. I love Elite. I love playing the game for, I've been playing the game for a long time. These are just some things that irk me um dj wiley thank you so much for your letter it is an awesome letter it provided us a lot of cool points and now i'm going to shut up so they can talk about their srv panther clipper moon ideas <laughs> and we love you yeah um I, I yeah i don't i don't know that's all that's all fine yeah those are all stuff that that could and and maybe should be added probably should hopefully yeah all right what if you're right, let's split you off. What if Raxel has an astral belt? We will never freaking know. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. If they hit it in there, that's why nobody's <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, so pretty big news for the week. There's there's this to my knowledge, this is the only big news article. Am I wrong about that, Kai? Only one I actual, oh, actual from FDev. There's uh well, so that was the yeah, that that was the what do you call it? Uh forum post yeah there's been other stuff but yeah that's the the one forum post that all right so did. today at 11 46 a.m central time because again that's the only time that matters time zone that matters because that's where i live um good host uh, uh steve the steve steve benedetti Ooh, and, uh, so, steven. it's yep. steven so steve <laughs> steve it's s-t-e-p-h so it's, oh, it's yeah, 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 yeah. You have to do Steven. So Steven Benedetti. Steven. Yeah. Steven Benedetti. Steven. 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 Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> so many people, so many people don't even know the meme, and so they're like, "Are you guys having a stroke? Why do you keep repeating his name?" So just I'm real quick, real, real quick, uh, there's a thing where whenever Stephen Benedetti's, he said whenever his name gets re- uh, uh, read out in one of the shows, he takes a drink. So everyone has been trying to murder him with alcohol poisoning because <laughs> they are evil. I love you, Stephen. Stephen, Stephen, my favorite Stephen. Sorry. So Stephen Benedetti posted, Greetings, Commanders. Since the launch of the January update, we received a lot of feedback about the changes made to the supply and demand volumes of high-end, specific high-end minerals. Today, we wanted to give you an update on some of the feedback you've been sharing with us. (sighs) In the January update, we have rebalanced the mining of certain high-end commodities to better represent a realistic supply and demand process based on the system's economy. This means that a station's purchasing price for minerals will reduce as the demand is met. With this change, we've also adjusted the supply and demand levels of different economies. For example, there will be a lower demand in colony economies for high-end minerals, as those economies do not require as much. But in a refinery economies, they will have a high demand for high-end minerals, as those economies require more. By implementing these changes, we want to generate gold rush opportunities that dynamically respond to player interaction, increasing the viability of smaller mining vessels and rewarding early participants who sell their minerals in high-demand locations first. Thanks to reports... Yeah. (laughs) Thanks to reports from the community, we've identified a number of issues to mining and the supply supply and demand of minerals. The team are going to be investigating these issues, but please keep those reports coming through the issue tracker. The, the demand for low-temperature diamonds has remained high, which is not in keeping with other high-end materi- minerals, which I think everybody was kind of thinking that this is a bug. For tomorrow, we'll be aiming to correct this. Low-temperature diamonds will now also be affected by the changes to supply and demand, as originally stated in the patch notes. When identifying stations with supply and demand for high-end minerals, such as void opals, painite, and low-temperature diamonds, Commanders need to have the specific mineral in their cargo hold in order to search for them on the galaxy map. From tomorrow, commanders will be able to toggle these minerals in the galaxy map without needing to have the commodities in the cargo hold. So isn't that what you were doing at the start of the stream? Hmm. Yeah. When you were showing me that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. When selling minerals at a station, the price that is offered is based on the amount currently in your cargo hold. While this has always been the case, we've passed the feedback onto the team for consideration for a true for, for a future improvement of the feature. We believe that this change will allow for a much more realistic and dynamic system where the economy responds to player input and provides a much more meaningful effect on Galaxy. As always, we will continue to monitor your feedback and work t- together to develop our ever-expanding galaxy. And go. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I, oh, my God. Okay, somebody okay. else go. All right, Kai. Let's, I know you got a lot, so let's hear it, man. Well, I was going to, no, I, let's let Trax go first. He's, he's very hot on the issue. I've got some stuff to say, but I want to hear Trax first. <laughs> I think the supply and demand affecting the minerals is an obvious yes. Even though it, you know, for the most part, lowers the sale price of things, 
it was silly that they weren't affected by supply and demand. And matching them into economies is all fine too. Technically, that should make it easier to find a high sale price. Um, the part that I have issue with is this last little line at the bottom. Quote, while this has always been the case, we've passed the feedback onto the team for consideration, ellipsis. Uh, so this is when, when you have uh, 500 tons of something, this, the price per ton is lower than if you have 100 tons of something. I, I, I mean, flick through the six pages after this post of comments uh, and I've asked around, I can't find anybody who said that that has ever been a feature of this game. It, it was. any commodity. It, it was. It so, was? Yes, it was. It, this is a 1.x feature that was for certain trade goods. It was not ever for minerals and, and, and so these these. So issues. it was only for specific things, <clears throat> not for the market in general. Yeah, it was for some stuff like some, some things that me, you would... Go ahead. Let me jump in here. So the way I understand it, it actually only worked. And I might be wrong about this. Because I, well, I did some search around today, and the only thing I found that this actually ever applied to since day since day one were the rare goods, like you know, like the, the things you brandy, can only buy like X that. amount of. Right. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And the idea behind it was that way you couldn't like I don't know how, who the hell would have done this. You couldn't like eject. You couldn't go buy twenty eleven brandy, eject them outside the station, fly back in really fast, <laughs> buy twenty more, go back out there and scoop them. Well, so I, I think the idea based. was that the idea wasn't that. The idea was uh, Trax and I get together, and I'm sitting in orbit, at, or sitting just outside the station, five five kilometers out, so that we don't get the right. station mad at us. Right. He that way you don't load out with, He comes out with thirty Lavian brandy. He dumps them. I take them. He goes back in. We we do this over and over and over all day until I now have a cutter with 512 tons of Lavian brandy. And that was that was the concept. So this was always, quote-unquote, the case with certain trade goods. The fact the that they've decided... Totally different class. The fact that they've decided to move minerals into that category is absolutely baffling to me. All or nothing. 100%. It has to be the entire market or nothing at all. Well, so here's the, here's why it doesn't work. Okay, it makes sense. I, I disagree with you there, tracks. It makes sense to do that with Lavian brandy because if I come in and say I have this super rare thing and I know you really want it because it's so hard to get and it's super rare. I have a bottle of 1904 Chateau Lafitte. You, oh, okay. I'll give you eighty thousand dollars. I, I need that bottle of overpriced, you know, wine. Okay, fine. But if I come in and say, I have 10,000 bottles of mm -hmm. 1904 Chateau Lafitte, people are going to go like, yeah. uh, what? Like, I, I'm yeah, not, I don't. So, so it makes sense with the Lavian brandy. And it, 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 you're exactly right that it does not make sense with the void opals because the whole point of void opals or painite or whatever, the first thing that they said, the top of this was 100% correct and spot on. Why would a colony with like low ability to use low temperature diamonds suddenly say, yeah, we'll take 10,000 of your low temperature diamonds right. and give you the best price. They have no use for it. But So a the demand metric settles it. So uh, yes, 100%. The refinery though, if you go, if you travel out and you trek out to the middle of, you know, 
to the other side of Jabip and they say, hey, we have a refinery that has a demand of 900 tons of void opals because we really need them for this thing that we're trying to build or whatever. There's no way that when you show up and say, I have 512 tons of void opals, they would go, well, that's a lot. We're not going to give you money for all of those. We're going to, we'll give you, you know, a third, like, no, man. They, the, the supply and demand side completely covers the issue and it should have died there. The idea of them going with a further reduction of no matter how much we need it, we're, you've got a lot of it, so we're only going to give you two-thirds of the value is absolutely just dumb. And I think that they know it. With They said in the thing here, we're taking more feedback. There again, exactly as you pointed out, that was posted at 12:46 Eastern Time, 11:46 Republic of Texas Time, whatever. And seven hours later, there was over six pages of comments with people going, "This is not a good idea. Don't no." Well, don't. it's I I still I, I that that is what I'm. I, I think that's in line with what I was thinking. The, yeah. the your correction. Um, so yeah, rare goods are in a different category, but the market in general, it it should it should be enough, right? For different economies to have different demand levels and for the demand levels to um, be into uh, 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 interactive with the player base, that will change the price. Um, this other thing is nonsense. It's pure nonsense. And and if you're and to say this has always been the case without any clarification whatsoever, like I've been searching all day for somebody mm. who's ever who's heard of that. And it's a good thing Kai was here to set me straight. But like, come on. Well, come on. Actually, I, I started to, but it was Papa Ty that hopped in with the oh. details <laughs> on the rare goods, and and he's a hundred percent correct. Yeah. So like, so all right. So taking this thing. Point by point. Number one, demand for low temperature diamonds is high. We're going to fix that tomorrow. No one's shocked by that. Everyone, mm-hmm. we, we called that three weeks ago when we broke the story that this was a thing. Um, uh, let's see. The, oh, we're going to put stuff in the galaxy map so that you can find it. Uh, that could be intriguing. I'm a little curious because they mentioned the Holy Trinity here and they said, you know, you could just, such as minerals, high end minerals, such as, quote, Void opals, painite, and LTDs, you can toggle in the map. If they, you know how they have the system state and, and they're just showing like like how it's like war, you know, none, uh, ci- you know, yeah. civil war, whatever. Tog- if they just literally added three toggles and it's void opals, painite, and low temperature diamond, I'm going to be disappointed because the whole point of this patch was to break the Holy Trinity and to make it about more than that. The whole point of this patch was that low temperature diamonds, which were broken, were the highest priced commodity. But the second highest priced commodity over the last two weeks has been pretty consistent. It's been that Benditoite or whatever the hell that nobody gave two shits about until two weeks ago. So I hope that what we're going to see is if they put in there void opals, painite, low temperature, they also put in bendinoite, rhodium splite, alexandrite, all the ones that nobody bothered to learn the names of because they were all dog crap before. Put them all in there because the whole point of the concept of this patch is we're breaking the Holy Trinity and you're supposed to log on and not just say, I'm going to log on and get my void opals. You're supposed to log on and look at the market and say like, What's what's earning today? Oh, Alexandrite? Yeah. All right, go get it. Or, oh, what's earning today? Oh, Rotom Splite? Go get it. 
Like, so I hope that they include those other things in there because when the market settles in and, and they finally fix LTDs, which have just been borked, yeah, that's what you're going to see. Your Exegius called it exactly right a week ago. We called it a week before that. It's going to be a constant rotation of what is the best seller right at yeah. this moment. What what sold a lot yesterday. So maybe I'm I'm reading this bullet point wrong, but it sounds like what they're saying is just like a feature of the Galaxy map where it will show you trade routes for that particular thing regardless of whether it's in your hold. Sure. But Was I'm it, saying I want to see before, up until today, it, or up until tomorrow, really, as of right now, this second, you only see that if you have it on you. Right. So okay. that was a thing where they're saying like, no, now you can search for it. And what I'm saying is, I agree with that. That's awesome. Please tell me it's not just those three things. Please tell me. I, yeah. I, I'm fairly confident that it's going to be all of the things, all of the minerals, in which case, okay, good. That's a good, that's, that's that. A that sounds right. But it's still, it's going to have to be a lot to overtake well, I don't know. I was about to say it's it have to be a lot for me to not turn to a third party tool. Then again, um, unless this last bullet point changes with this nonsense about having a lot in your hold or having a, the third party tools don't have any way to deal with that. So, so yeah, the third party tools are going to tell you the best place to go. But everyone is this last part just needs to go. So everyone yeah. go to the forums and say, we do not want this. Yeah. And because it, it it needs to go. The supply and the demand side will fix the issue. It will stop people from, if everyone yeah. in the galaxy goes out and just says, we want void opals, no matter what, we'll fly as far as we want to, we'll fly as mm -hmm. anywhere, we'll fly hours to get to a place. Okay, well then eventually all of the demand for void opals will hit the floor. And at that point, people will be forced to adjust. But like this, yeah. this, this last part of this artificial, based on the amount that you're holding, it's just dumb. Get rid of that, please. Okay. So, um, let me start off by saying that without a doubt, the balance of void opals, paint on all that needed to be done. Um, and the fact that having um, refinery economies that are like low on Alexandrite for it's really expensive to sell there is great. And this is this change they did. Well, they say it's always been the case. I challenge that very much. I, I, I need to see some documentation on. So, what I'm going to say is this. Um, what they've actually done is they have flat out nerfed the large ship cargo holds with this little change. It makes zero sense whatsoever to fly around with 500 tons of any ore whatsoever on you. Because you're going to get less money for it no matter where you sell it. You're better off making five trips at 100. That's what's broke as shit. And, um, and it has nothing to do with demand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. As it, per it, the it, testing it, that we've seen on lots of videos, like the demand number keeps resetting every 15 minutes. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah 100%, if, if I show up to, you know, if I'm standing outside of a, a football stadium and I'm out in the parking lot, 
and it's, you know, a 105 degree day and everybody's sweating their ass off and I've got ice cold bottles of water, the demand is high. No one's going to look at my cooler and go, dude, you got a lot of water there. You're going to have to lower your price. Like that is completely irrelevant how much I have. If I have more customers than product, the supply and demand will mean that I will get a good price. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't like this change. I, and it's not so much, it's not so much that I, I'm, I'm even like upset about the like losing money per how much you earn. That's not what I'm even upset about. I'm upset about the fact that they did this change and it just doesn't make any sense. Why would you pay less for how much is in your whole? Now, if you want to make an argument that if you're selling 10 at a time versus 100 at a time, that you're selling them, that you know, the, the idea of the station is buying in bulk, okay, there's an argument there. Make it to where I got to click the button 100 times versus clicking it once. I'll give you that. That makes sense. But don't tell me, like, that makes no sense what's in my hold. No, no. If, if they wanted to create that, if they wanted to create the station doesn't want to buy more than that, again, that is demand. The demand. So exactly. the demand number, if the station only wants 100 and then they're going to not pay any more for it or they're going to pay very little for it, then the demand needs to be 100. And after that, they'll only buy them for five credits or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or not at all. That's It's all satisfied by the demand metric and this other thing doesn't need to be in it. Yep. And just the last thing to close this out, I don't know if anybody else had anything, but just to close this out, in addition to the many, many, many pages, right now, the thing that is trending on uh, r slash elite, uh, elite miners here, PSA, LTDs have been left out of the supply demand cycle, and this is getting fixed tomorrow. So the, the number one comment is... <laughs> First, they came for the void opals, and I did not speak out because I was not a void opal miner. <laughs> and then they came for the pay night, and I did not speak out because I was not a pay night miner. And then they came for the low temperature diamonds, and there was no mining left for me. Oh, my God. Way to bring it to, like, you're taking it to a, the next level there, bro. You need to relax a little bit with your mining. But it is it is Whiskey Tango Flyer. That was uh, that was pretty good. And to all of you guys out there in Baran right now, mining like your life depends on it for the next you know six or seven hours. God bless. Good luck. You know the the last thing I'll say about it is this: we're going to move forward. Um, this this feels like a classic case of a developer either a not necessarily listen, listening to their community or b them having a plan, not telling us what their plan is, and then moving this this is part of a larger plan for for the for the for the long run, but I don't know. It it feels it feels weird. It feels really weird. So or or they're new coking us. Maybe they're brilliant. <laughs> Maybe they're brilliant and they put this in so that we would all complain so that they could take it out and make us happy, and then no one's going to complain about the fact that we're still taking a cut based off the supply and demand side. Maybe this is the new Coke marketing method, in which case, you guys are geniuses. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What other news was there, Kai, that I, oh, that I don't there, have? There's a lot. You want me to start with the, the week, or are we doing where are we at? Well, we're. Uh, this is the uh, frontier news that I missed. Is there any other... 
Uh, I mean, there's stuff that's in Elite Week that's going to be stuff on, you know, the streams and whatnot. But, 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 but there, there was no other frontier on, announcements. On this discussion topic, no, that covers it. All right. So heading into Elite Week. Okay. That's your cue, man. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. So new to the Discord, we got Kilgar, Cybernaut, Blake A, Polish Dan. Uh, Fruity, Danger Dan. We got a couple of Dans here from the uh, from the Intergalactic Mining Unit. Big shout out to you guys. I'm sure you guys are all cracking up and or breaking furniture based off of uh, the conversation we just had. We got Drew Wagar. You may have heard of him. He's the author of Elite Reclamation and Elite Premonition, as well as the Shade Word series. Uh, more information to come on that. We got Bjorn K, Dr. Nagy, Tex, Centrobo, Iron Fist 13A, Ritz 20, Wim, Lazy Dave, Murph 1970, and Alacron. Big shout outs and 07s to all you commanders. <clears throat> Discord shout outs. We got Roughneck 57 sent in an email that's going to be discussed later on, but I uh, wanted to give you a special shout out and much love for that. Um, we got Commander Evil Genius. Big shout out. You made it to SAG A for the first time. SAG A star. I want to say it correctly so that Scott Manley doesn't come at me. I love that guy. Uh, let's see. Last week's story time. So I went there. Uh, Lustful Ewok went in there. Raxless Maxlow. She won the internet this week with uh, her Where's, Where's Waldo in Witch Space. Definitely go into the story time, the hashtag story time channel and check out her picture. Uh, and then people started doing tributes. I did a tribute on that. She had where's Waldo data had a little Tyrannosaurus Rex, which was great. Ty had a good one in there. Blake went uh, dubs with the the combat shot. He, he was like limping in with oh, on a wing and a prayer roughneck 57. And then I threw in a second one with the guy, the, the whatever that ancient aliens guy. So you can see him in which space <laughs> going aliens. Um, <laughs> for anyone who wants to be a part of this community and get in on stuff and, and, you know, shout outs and see the stuff and be a part of the hashtag storytime channel or Kai's questions or any of the different things, tinyurl.com forward slash loose screws podcast. Um, come join us. <clears throat> so last week's Kai's question, well, this is like two weeks ago's Kai question because we kept pushing it. Uh, what do you want from elite fleet carriers? We had submissions with lots of great ideas. I want to pull out a couple real quick to go through them. Uh, commander DJ Wiley, who just, we were just discussing his letter. He says, I think for sure we're getting commodity storage with fleet carriers. And I have a bit of a theory on this. It's possibly just some wild speculation, but here goes. I remember reading on the forum somewhere as long time ago, the reason Frontier had never implemented some form of storage was the concerns of the BGS style manipulation. If someone could save up unlimited numbers of commodities and then sell them all at one station, it could have a very sudden impact on the faction influence. From listening to the last show and the discussion on the latest unexpected change in selling mining materials, my suspicion is <clears throat> this might also be a method to combat mass selling of fleet once fleet carriers arrives, if it is price-based. I 100% agree with that. That is totally interesting. It's something that I hadn't thought of before you said it, and now I can't get it out of my head. That makes a lot of sense. 
uh, Alec Turner on the Fleet Carrier channel. The thing that intrigues me about fleet carriers and which I've seen little discussion about are the support ships FD showed with the different style of support ship for each different fleet carrier role. So what the hell are those support ships about? Surely not purely cosmetic addition to the fleet carrier. So what if we can task the support ship with role-specific jobs, a bit like we can assign commands to the ship launch fighter? Maybe we could ask an exploration support ship to go and scan another system for us, and alternatively to ties, uh, an alternative to Ty's super FSS idea for base building. Or maybe we could ask a trade ship to take uh, the commodities we've dropped at the fleet carrier and go sell them in a selected market, which would also solve the issues of where the credits for the trade roll ship support go to. Gav Cook had an interesting concept or idea or statement about it that I've heard from some people on here. I, I just pulled his out as a representative of this. I'm sorry to say I genuinely could not care less about fleet carriers. I agree with whoever on the recent Lave Radio episode, it was Shan, by the way, that uh, they said it's a purely a vanity purchase, that hardly anyone needs to have all their ships with them uh, all at the same time. 500 light year jump isn't far enough to be a game changer for exploration. I can see a use for the mining version where you could move your carrier to a hotspot and deploy ships equipped with separate types of mining. But my opinion, they should only be available two wings and player factions, one per faction, unless there is also new content linked to them coming in future updates that we don't know about yet. That's a huge key right there because it may be that it's not for you. So carriers might not ever be for some people, but it may be that it's not for you yet until you find out about some cool stuff that that is coming content-wise that makes them have a purpose. And all of this we'll find out soon. I think there'll be something new to look at, but essentially pointless. Well, based on what it is that they can do, that may or may not be correct. So, Anabrick, I reckon that they're basically a money sink. You have to keep burning money off the players to force them to keep grinding. Plus, it's another place for the Ark's vanity items. I hope they put some space leg bits on them. Captain's cabin, ready room, canteen and workshop, maybe a decent astronomical chart that would be cool. Having just started the game fairly recently, I won't be buying one just yet. We'll see how the meta changes before I grind money for it. I'd like to think they will put some new gameplay mechanics to add a bit more depth to the universe, but I can't really see that it would be the best way to do that. Knowing that you can't blow up is kind of means that they can't be that useful. No one wants one faction to drop 20 fleet carriers into a system to screw with its economy or BGS if they can't be forcibly removed. So we know that they're going to be just one per instant, but he is still right in that you could drop 20 into one system in different instances and they could they could be, you know, a powerful force. But coming back to DJ Wiley's point, they've put some changes in there that would limit the ability of, you know, with supply and demand or whatever, you can't really market manipulate that much. So... So let's get to this week's Kai's question. Uh, and I have to make a quick apology to Lave Radio because we put this on the show notes. This was our thing. We literally settled on it all over the weekend and then, or like last Friday. And then <laughs> listening to Lave Radio this week, they more or less had the same question. But we're just going to still roll with it because it's a good question and we want to engage with this, this conversation. So what quality of life issues 
would you like in the 2020 paid update? This is not, let's be clear, because there's all of this talk is, you know, space legs and, uh, you know, uh, atmospheric landings and all the big, big picture stuff. We're saying what little thing, what, what, what just annoys you that you're like, man, I wish I could get this or I could get that. Ty, go. So the, the one that comes to my mind is uh, better traffic controls in station. And what I mean by that is, the first thing that comes to my mind is, like say, you request permission to dock. And um, so, you, so you like request permission to dock, and it says, okay, um, you... Uh, your, your, your landing pad is number 10, and it's near. And it's like 12 o'clock near. So the idea would be when you fly through the mail slot, and green is on the right, um, uh, 10 would be 12 o'clock above you, because think about a clock. You know, 12 is up, 6 is down, 9 is left, 3 is right, and all the numbers in between. So then you fly through the mail slot, and then if, if you fly through the mail slot correctly and the greens are on the right, and it, it's at 12 o'clock uh, near, so you know the landing pad is above you, and it's going to be right after you go through the mail slot. You could, then you, you can want say the same voice? Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. And then you can say mid or you can say far, you know, and then it would correspond to where the actual landing pad was. Um, and also when you're leaving, you could say, they could say like, you're, um, you know, you're cleared to leave the, the landing pad, uh, beware there's traffic in your area. You are number five to leave the station. There's already a queuing system. So that way, if you're sitting there, you're like, you count out ships. All right. One, two, three, four, five. I'm number five to leave. So I know I'm supposed to go after this guy. Um, flight simulator games already do this. So go get the people that can do it and make it happen. Um. And, and to be clear, when you, when we first discussed this on Friday and you, you, you first told me your idea, you actually included another point in it that I want to make sure that I highlight. Cause when you said it, I was like, Oh my God, this is brilliant. You said that also like you could look on your left panel and it would actually have just a little, like a 3d map of the Coriolis, the inside of the Coriolis. And you could see, like, you know, there's the mail slot and then the tube coming in. And, okay, you can kind of just see a little blinking like, okay, it's yeah. it's in the back and it's up to the right. Or it's in the back and it's down to the left or whatever. And I thought, right. man, that's even if they don't go through the process of, quote, unquote, voice acting that, they, just having that little 3D map with the blinking light or whatever would be so great. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like it would be that hard. They already read you the pad number, so the system knows where the pad is. Um, it would require some new audio files. That's all. Yeah, I mean, this. I mean, and I, I know that it requires. I don't know. I have some understanding that it requires a lot of background work to be able to get uh, voice recordings done and get them done correctly and get them in the game. And actually get the things massaged because, I mean, there's probably about 30 or so, maybe 20 or so voice actors that have done all the different station voices. Uh, I mean, I know after you fly around a little bit, they all kind of sound the same, but I know that they're different, especially like if you go to like an Imperial station or uh, like yeah. a Yuri Grom station or something like that. I know that they're different. 
Well, and you also have some one-timers, like uh, if you go to Obsidian Terminal, you're going to hear Obsidian Ant's voice. Uh, if you go to, there's that one where Plater does the voice to it. Like there's, there's, there are a few where they've had in special members of the community to record, but even, you know, they have the engineers where they have the robot voices. So even if, even if Obsidian Ant tells oh, you yeah. like, you know, welcome to my station, it could literally just switch to the robot voice to say like, you know, your landing pad is down to the left or like whatever. Yeah. You well, can make it work. well, let me ask you this. Cause I, I can't remember if you're out at Obsidian station, does, does Obsidian actually tell you where to like, like, does he actually do the, uh, the space traffic controls? Cause I thought oh, you yeah. just had the voice when you're docked. No. Well, you hear the voice. You know what? I think you might be right. I think you just hear his voice when you're docked. I don't think yeah. he, he's the actual oh, air really? traffic controller. I yeah. think you're right. You know I what? thought That's the specialty right. ones did have that, but I've never been I, to one. I forget. <laughs> I'm not 100%, but I, now that I think about it, either either you're right and I'm wrong, or you're just convincing me enough and I don't remember because I haven't <laughs> been there in a while. <laughs> I was there just the other day, and now I can't remember for because I can easily hear his voice both ways. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. What else, Kai? Our tracks. Did you did you have one, Bubba? Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, I think um, I, I've been thinking a lot about the menus, um, and especially, basically, like the nav panel, uh, contacts, all that stuff. Um, there is rarely a time when I don't think that that is extremely cumbersome to navigate. And I know like there's filters and stuff like that. Um, I would love for, for one thing, the contacts panel, I think it needs, it needs some kind of like nested or collimated system because when there's like a bunch of materials uh, floating around along with like if I'm in Hazres and there's a bunch of materials float, floating around along with other ships and they're constantly changing distance to my ship. They're jumping around in the menu. It's impossible to find what I want. Um, I, I really want like columns or something like I want like the materials to be in a separate column or something like that. Like anything that would be white on my scanner should be in a separate column. Uh, maybe something like that. But I think the biggest thing would be, I, and I think this should work for like all the menus in the entire game. Um, we, well, oh no, I just, I just gave myself pause because I started thinking about how some people use mouses to do this. Uh, but anyway, the game is designed a lot around controllers and HOTAS. So I think for the most part, this would be fine. And maybe this would be a, a menu toggle system if you're the type who uses a mouse. But for the, you know, we're, we're in the spaceship a lot. So even if you do use a mouse, you're having to use arrow keys or something to navigate uh, your nav panel. Anyway, I think the whole thing should be reformatted more like a wheel like a, a menu picker on a phone. So like on my iPhone, if I'm like picking a date out on my calendar app, it turns into a wheel and the selected item is always dead center and the list of things scrolls up and down beneath the selection bar, essentially, as though, as though it's a wheel on a slot machine, right? And so my selector should always be in the center of the menu and the entire list should be rotating under that selector rather than the selector going up and down and then paging up and down and looping that way. Did you, did you ever play Secret of Mana? I sure did. That's what I'm imagining. <laughs> like, like you, you hit the Y button to bring up the menu and then you have to, you know, you have to hit up or down to go to the different actual selections and then you can wheel around the, to the one you want. Those, those were, those were rings. Um, 
yeah, yeah the ring like, system yeah so, yeah so yeah okay um so for for me i guess i i'm picturing it like you would on a on a phone app but to have it underneath but i uh, but it's the thing that annoys me is like the cursor could be all the way at the top or bottom and if it's all the way at the top, but there's still menu items above that, I can't see them. I can't see what's next to it. And I don't like when things jump around, like depending on the distance to me, it makes it awkward. And sometimes my cursor change, changes position right as I'm about to target something. And it's very weird. And I just feel like that whole thing could be smoothed out. And if my cursor never moved and everything just moved underneath it, it would make more sense visually for, for something that I'm scrolling through. So. Yeah, so you're talking about when you're in Super Cruise and you want to pick a certain thing, but you move and it positions to you relative to relative to you rather just shifts. And now you click down on and instead of clicking on the planet you were trying to click on, you click on the next next moon or whatever because or whatever. right as yeah. you clicked it moved. I get that there, there's some people that are going to prefer the way that it is now because you like you said they they are, are are and and I don't mean to make you feel dumb but you said <laughs> you said mouses and very clearly the 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 plural of mouse would be mooses so <laughs> uh, anyways but like some people yeah some people are going to use mice and they're going to want they keep it the way that it is but I like I I I dig the idea of cuz you know you have all these different control schemes and all these different setups I dig the idea of giving people that because I would definitely choose the method you're talking about with the ho- for it's better for hotels for control. Hotels. So like I would definitely choose that. And there's nothing to say they already have the existing system. There's nothing to say that they couldn't yeah. just give you a toggle where you say, do you want it this way or that way? And then right, it's like log- logarithmic <laughs> versus you know in sure. your uh, sensor ring and stuff. You know, uh, and, and I, I think it could still it, it's still I think it's the best for keyboard as well um it's the only the only thing it's not the best for is if you're actually using a mouse cursor which would be in the station but i think there's most of the menus in the station that could still work for if you wanted it to and not to make you feel dumb but i said mouses very specifically and intentionally because i was talking about computer mouses because i'm not talking about a mammal and it is actually an acronym and the plural of mouse is mouses It's mooses, bro. All right. Yeah, you're right. I'm wrong. All right. So, all right. My thing would be bookmarks. These are my these are my pet peeves. Mm -hmm. So, here's what I want with bookmarks. Number one, I want bookmarks everywhere, anywhere in the galaxy. I want to be able to put a bookmark. If I'm in, if I'm on a planet surface, I don't want to have to say. Well, I'm at, um, you know, I'm at uh, BioSite 4, I'm at GeoSite 16. I want to be able to say I'm on this particular hill. And I feel like this this has to come too, because if we're getting base building, which I feel like we are going to get, they're going to have to specifically have coordinate sets for, you know, everywhere on the planet, everywhere on the moon. so I, I yeah bookmarks that you can create anywhere number one mm-hmm. number two pins. pins sure number two mm-hmm. that you can share with a click so like I could I should be able to just click on the pin and then click on direct message to you and then you know you hit the paste button and boom you get that and number three for all of my existing bookmarks that I have. 
I want to be able to create as many folders as I want and organize them any way that I want. So that like, this is something that you had in Firefox 20 years ago. There's absolutely no reason this is not a server load issue because it would be existing in my, my system folder on my computer. There's no reason that I can't have a folder that says materials and a folder that says engineers and a folder that says, you know, Thargoid stuff and a folder that says Raxla Hunt and a folder that says, uh, you know, Distant Worlds 2 and then another folder that says my Buckyball stuff or whatever. Yeah. And then just be able to drag and drop all of my stuff and have it organized however I like. So my whole thing is everything to do with bookmarks. Totally. My, my workaround right now is that I will make a, and I can't put a bookmark anywhere on a planet, right? But if I'm bookmarking something that's already a signal source, um, I will add like a bunch of, I'll change the name of it and add a bunch of A's to the front, depending mm -hmm. on how high up on my list. So basically my bookmark list looks like a phone book now. Uh, phone book, for those of you who are older than 30, <laughs> is this thing that used to get uh, thrown onto your doorstep like twice a year or something, and it contained a bunch of numbers, and those numbers were connected to wires, and those wires were connected to people's houses. It was all very archaic. So, Should I explain I, more what the phone no, book is? is no. Do you get the A joke? They used the, to name their companies, you know, AAA Plumbing, so that they would show up yeah. first in the phone book because it's alphabetical. Anyway, my my. So for me, like literally, Shinrata Desra Jameson Station is one point. And then that, and then a lot of other places that I go to are like two, three, four, five, six. My yeah. all of my engineers are Z01, Z02, Z03. Mm -hmm. My material traders are MT1, MT2, MT3, and going down. My material gathering sites are M1, M2, M3. But it's massive and it's unwieldy, and you're scrolling around. And if I could just throw them in folders, I would be so yeah. much happier. What yeah. a mess! So I'm so, sorry. What were you going to say, Ty? I, I'm, I'm going to show mine real quick because the way I did mine, I think is a little bit different. Um, so the way I did my bookmarks. So number one, this is my home port, AAA Northrop home. Uh, but then I have like, hey, here's all my discoveries that I really wanted to keep bookmarks of. Here's like the Guardian places. You know, I, so the way I renamed them is like, here, here's where I go to fab, uh, farm materials, materials, dash, dash. So materials, dash, James and the cra uh, crash site. Uh, here, here's here's where I go get money. Money dash peanut second side. Money dash peanut mining side. Money dash voidable side. Jeez, uh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I have also have tourist stations like like tourist fast orbit mid and hollow tourist dash landable with rings one tourist dash Maya black hole. You get the idea. It's, wow, it's kind of a mess. Scrolled, you just scrolled <laughs> past one that said hookers and blow. What's the deal? There? I did. I did, and that's that's the that's the real one you want to find and. <laughs> <laughs> you you've won the game. You've won the game. All right. Um, so if you're listening, I notice he's not scrolling to the R's. Wow. That's right. If you uh, if hold on, hold on. So I want to add one thing real quick. So on the air traffic or space traffic control thing, I also want to add in uh, if you're at a installation and you're waiting on a landing pad, it'd be cool if it said, "Hey, you're number three. Yeah, you're number four in the queue. You're number three in the queue. Whatever the case. Instead of just having to sit there and just spam it over and over." Docking request denied. Docking request denied. Exactly. Docking request denied. Exactly. Fuck you! 
So I mean, when just, we're doing a community goal, you could be 15th in line and the system could just say, you're 15th in line. How about a little CQC while you wait? We'll revive <laughs> you when your pad is ready. Yeah, wow. So we got bookmarks. We got docking, all things docking and clean up the menu. So if you're listening, uh, Frontier, uh, the, these are some, you know, you got the big picture. We're sure these are some little things that would make some of the veteran players happy. Yep. All right. All right. Go ahead, man. All right. We're skipping pro tip for this week because we got stuff. And we're also going to skip the content creator because there's so much stuff. You want me to just roll right into elite week? Go for it, Bubba. All right. I'm going to try to do this super, super fast. So please, 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 guys, call out if there's something you say, whoop, just, just give me a hey, and then I'll stop and we can discuss it because I don't want to cut you off from any of this stuff. Okay. So Elite Week started on Friday, January 24th. The first thing for me was Hutton Orbital Radio Podcast that was previously recorded. They record like six or seven hours before us, but I didn't get a chance to get it live because I was at work and then I didn't get a chance to listen to it Thursday because it wasn't out yet. Friday came out. They talked about Operation Hot Mess and the details on ECM, the Elite Community Meet 2020 in Cambridge. Guys, this is going to be an awesome thing. It's going to happen on Easter weekend. All of the proceeds after they recruit the costs for the for the site, just what they put out, is going to Hearing Dogs for the Deaf and Special Effects, which are two phenomenal charities. These These things are... Very, very, very cool meetups. You're going to have a great time. Uh, you have the ability when you book your ticket, if you if you are somebody that's lucky enough to be in England when that's going on, you can, um, or able to get there, you can also put a little extra on a donation for either of those two charities. Um, Alec Turner's personal call out on that, I, I don't remember where it was exactly that I heard it, but I heard it. Uh, and, and I mean, it was beautiful, man. Like these are two good charities. You're going to have a great time. They're going to have loads of fun. Like I said, they discussed operation hot mess. The link for it is, uh, in the, in the show notes and, uh, you know, they're, they're getting it done out there in the galaxy. Um, right now clicking on the operation hot mess, they have delivered mugs to, 31.14% of the stations, uh, so over 17,000 out of the 55,000 stations. They're just that is absolutely ridiculous. crazy. Yeah, it's hilarious too. Um, <clears throat> so the podcast page link is also in the show notes as well as their Twitch live link as well as their ECM 2020 link. If you have the chance next Thursday, it's like in the morning American time. It's around, I don't know, like 11 a.m. or something like that, a, uh, American time. I always just listen to them in the podcast, but check out their podcast. Those guys are awesome. We love them very much. Uh, Sagittarius I dropped Zen in the Art of Deep Space Survival, a very cool video, which is in again, the link is in the show notes. Uh, amazing stuff from Sagittarius Eye. This is an article that they did a while back where they talk about like how you want to have your mindset if you're going to go deep space. Uh, you know, if you're going out in the black with some, some changes and some things you need to keep in mind. Burpit dropped his Monday morning Witch Space News. He talked about the ECM 2020 in Cambridge, which we just discussed. 
Um, <clears throat> it uh, the tickets for that go on sale. It, oh wait, hold on a second. This is a different thing. Uh, that is on 11 April 2020. That's when uh, at 10 a.m. is when the actual ECM um, is going to happen. He talked about ED tutorials, which we talked, we had Exegius on last week and we brought, we went through all of that. Um, he talked about patch two and the most of the bugs were squashed. The invincible Thargoid heart is still a thing. And FDEV is asking for more help reporting this. Get on the issue tracker. Tell them we want two things, please. One, make Thargoid hearts not go invincible. And two, remove that based on your cargo hold thing from minerals. Um, Burpit, he had his Thargoid report out last week, which covers basically the same stuff that we covered uh, in our Thargoid report the night before. <clears throat> Wiggy B put out a video that was interesting. Diamond piracy is broken. So hilariously, while diamond low temperature diamonds was the one item that was left that was a money maker, um, there was a hilarious issue where previously whenever you would go out to do npc piracy where you would you know uh uh down to earth had an amazing video on it back in the day his diamond cutter where you would go out and just target and interdict uh mining ships when you'd look and they got mining lasers and whatever you would scan them interdict them and take all of their goods, take those little hatchbreaker limpets and steal all of their goods, they always had low temperature diamonds, which now suddenly this week are an awesome thing, except for it's now broken. And when you go out and get a mining ship and you interdict it, steal all their stuff, they would have leather, tea, various crap goods. The one thing they wouldn't have is any minerals, which is confusing for a mining ship, but okay. Uh, the link for that is in the show notes. Sepulcher Geist, Sepulcher Geist put out a video, the Gnosis Cone Sector debacle. So we, uh, we had a talk, we had an interview this last week that won't be airing for another, for a little bit, but I wanted to bring this up because it's going to be a thing that people are going, well, explain that. What's the deal? What happened with the Gnosis and the Cone Sector? This video, you should click and watch it. It tells the whole story of what happened there where they said, we're going to jump. Basically, Cannon said, we're going to jump the Gnosis and we're going to be naughty little boys and we're going to pick a place that you said, you know, because any place that's not locked, it's within range we can go to. So they picked a place that FDEV actually should have locked. And instead of FDEV telling them no, what they did was uh make it not go they made the jump go wrong and then people came out to try to help them and then the ship opened up fire on them for some reason because they were near and firing even though literally those people were showing up to help save uh the station from thargoid invaders for some reason the station still decided to murder them uh, Primetime Casual put out a video on his Guide to the Galaxy, Season 1, Episode 2, Tranquility. So he's traveling further into the void um, towards the... Uh, one second here. Okay. He's traveling further into the void uh, towards Robin's Egg, CD-261339, exploring the mystery of the missing white dwarf and the beauty of the ringed Y-class star. 
So there's a ringed star there, which is super cool. That system has a planetary nebula, a black hole. The system is just chock full of cool stuff to look at. The link is in the show notes, but if you want to get out there for yourself, it is CD-26 space 1339. It is good stuff. Um, definitely check out Primetime Casual is back. He's started this up and he's he's going. He's he's consistently putting out stuff and he is definitely somebody we're going to be having to talk to soon because his stuff is too good not to. Saturday, we did our interview with Shan that will be released on Monday, the 3rd of February. Also, Saturday night, uh, Commander Dead Meat GF of the Hutton Truckers had his birthday party, which was, uh, by all accounts, a hell of a do. Congratulations, 07 Commander. Happy birthday. I believe Is it was he, his 50th, by the way. I believe so. You're, I believe you're correct. That's a, yeah. That's a good we, number to reach, man. <laughs> we talked to Watherspoon the next day, and he was hung over. <laughs> but, I mean, he was great. I love Watherspoon, yeah. but he was like, oh, man, just let me get some tea, and we'll get this started. Uh, Exegius Saturday night put out his special event for 40,000 subscribers. Congratulations and big salute, Commander Exegius. That's that's some good stuff right there. Oh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Sunday, we did an interview with Watherspoon. Um, it will be released on Monday, the 10th of February. Uh, again, that was great. I just, no disrespect to anyone else we've talked to, but I honestly, if, if, if the only guest we ever got from now on was just Watherspoon every week, I would be a happy man. That guy is th- the storyteller of Elite, the voice of Elite. He is my hero. Let's see. Sunday also, Sagittarius I put out a uh, report. <clears throat> this was an article. Uh, there was a Sidewinder solo kill of a Thargoid Medusa. So big salute to Commander Maligno. Uh, on January 13, 3306, Maligno do- did what was thought to be impossible by many commanders. He took on a Medusa solo in a Sidewinder in open space where the Thargons do bolster the interceptor's attack capability. The battle lasted an hour and 32 minutes. There is a link in the show notes. You can go and read this incredible article. It goes on for a full page and a half. This is the second time the guy did it. The first time Maligno did it, he actually did it. He lured it close to a planet where the Thargons wouldn't get launched. And he did it in like an hour and 12 minutes. And then it was like a week or two later he worked on some things. He came up with the whole plan, and he did it in open space, dealt with the Thargons and all. You, sir, are uh, amazing and a freak of nature. <clears throat> yeah, Anybody? that's, that's ridiculous. Figured, that's, yeah, I figured um, we, we should stop here for this one. Oh, my God. So, so many repair limpets. Exactly. I mean, that's just... I don't even know what to say to that. That's like, You told me about this in chat, I think, and... I. I don't think I've even fought a Medusa. <laughs> and no, I have, but it didn't last very long. <laughs> I um I watched part of his fight uh on the planet surface. I hadn't seen the open space one. It's yeah. just it's just uh masterful flying. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Uh so the next thing on here is there is a update on the Drew Wagar lore tour. So he put out a 
FAQ, so a bunch of questions to ask, and he put out an itinerary. Here we go. We're going to go through this real quick, but man, this is good. Number one, so week one, it starts with, so it begins. It's going to be 2nd of April. It's in the soul system. You need a permit for that. Go get the permit. He's going to be talking about the history of Earth and the beginning of the Federation. Week two is the expansion. It's going to be on April 9th. Tau Ceti, the early Federation, talking about that early history. Week three, bread and circuses. It's going to be in Achenar on April 16th. The history of the empire. Achenar is another system you're going to need to get a permit for. On the 23rd of April is week four, the writers part one. Um, That's got a special guest that is not being shared yet. So you have to show up and see what's up with that. Week five on April 30th, per Ardua ad Astra, Ardua ad Astra, sorry. It's going to be in the Nerfetum system, talking about generation ships in hyperspace. An incredible story, 17,000, gen- or wait, was it 17 or 70? I forget, 1,000 generation ships were launched 70. in that period. 70,000. So he's going to be talking about all of the history of the generation ships, and that's going to be amazing. May the 7th, they're bringing it to Lave for the rise and fall of Galcop. Lave, the far colonies in the old worlds. This, to, to me right here, this this one's got me super, super excited because I'm a huge Galcop fan. I'm super interested in Inra, all of that old world stuff. <laughs> Week seven, I think Ty might be there for that. On May 14th, the great mystery. The starting point is, quote, redacted. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's going to be all about the dark wheel in Raxla. So... My man Ty is definitely excited for that one. Week eight on May 21st, first contact. It's going to be in the 12 Trianguli system and HIP 12099, talking about the Thargoids and Inra. Again, man, that's my stuff. On the 28th of May, week nine, the writer's part two, another special guest and a place that's still hidden. You We're going to find out later. Uh, 4th of June, week 10th is going to be the last alliance. It's in Alioth, another permit lock system. It's going to be the whole history of the alliance from the formation and all of that stuff. That, that whole story is, is good stuff. Ipsos Custodis on, uh, week 11, uh, on June 11th, it's going to be in the Sinuf IL nc23 system it's going to be talking about the guardians so that's that's definitely exciting and then the last week on week 12 beyond the frontier on june 18th in the prism system he's going to go through the whole story of salome kahina to johnny loren i'm i'm down i cannot wait also just as a heads up Drew is confirmed for both ECM on April 11th and LaveCon on the 4th and 5th of July. So if you're going to be there, go check him out. That guy is amazing. He, you can see him on Twitch TV at Drew Wegar. Uh, he's got a Discord app. He's got uh, you know Twitter.com forward slash Drew Wegar. I've got his website. is DrewWegar.com. All of this stuff is in the show notes for sure. Check it out. This is going to be kind of the highlight of my uh, first half of the year. 
So also on Sunday, Rusty Dog put out a stream on assaults and smuggling. Again, the link is in the show notes. I'm not going to go into explaining too much about it. I just, I've said it before and I say it again. Every Sunday, man, like Sunday on a nice chill morning, you break out the Rusty Dog and you watch and you just enjoy. That guy is a treasure. Monday. The week started, of course, with Hello Dave, the best damn news story or news show in the game. Uh, he had an interview. Well, he talked about his interview with us. He talked about how mining is still odd and the elite, uh, elite miners data collection. There's a whole, there was a whole Reddit group that was collecting mass data on mining prices. They're trying to lock down exactly what the hell is going on with mineral pricing. Well, obviously, some some stuff has happened that that, you know, has, has changed a lot of how that's going to work starting tomorrow. Uh, <clears throat> he had contacted FDEV and asked for a clarification. Just don't tell me exactly how it works, but just tell me, is this working as intended or is this something that's going to be modified further? Well, spoiler alert, the answer is it needed to be modified further. Uh, also on Monday, HCS dropped a new voice pack, Alpha. It's a Desperado Western-style voice pack. It says stuff like, you know, let's kill some scumbags. And, you know, I tried being reasonable. I didn't like it. It says, you know, I could bring you in warm or I could bring you in cold. It's all stuff like that. So if you want to have, you know, your voice, your cockpit voice be uh, like Clint Eastwood, Desperado type, then for sure, check that out. You can get it for... Uh, it's on sale for the first week or whatever. It's on sale for the pre-order, sorry, for the pre-order for like 10 quid, which is about 13 bucks. Uh, the regular price is going to be 15 quid, so 19 bucks. If you want it, get it now while you can get it cheaper. <clears throat> then on Monday was the first Elite Dangerous live stream of the week. They had a Let's Play, Alliance Reputation with Will Flanagan and Stephen Benedetti. Uh, they said they were looking into feedback from the community on mining. That's been the whole story of the week has just been mining, mining, mining. Uh, and, and they're very aware that there's a lot of conversation on the subject. They indicated the goal of making a more dynamic supply and demand, but they didn't confirm if this is working as intended. Um, they acknowledged that people were asking for more balance to combat pay. I thought I definitely wanted to include that because I thought that Ty would would love to hear that, that they acknowledge, man, they're hearing it. People want combat pay. And they talked about ECM 20, which I've already covered. Um, Also on Monday, this was interesting. This was like some exciting news out of the blue. Commander Eelstan, E-A-H-L-S-T-A-N of the Great Raxla Potato Hunt. He found an unregistered beacon uh, that was not on any list. It was in the system Miratej, M-I-R-A-T-E-J-E, and it was repeating a code, 19-3-1-14-28-5-13, with an alphanumeric substitute, so A equals 1, B equals 2, C equals 3. It literally just read, scan them and it kept repeating over and over everybody was super excited for a couple hours it was a whole thing where everybody was rushing out to see what was going on the system was 200 (laughs) light years from this from seoul it's on the edge of the bubble everybody was interested upon further review what it turned out to be was it was a new find but it had nothing to do with raxla 
It was uh, a beacon at the, the, it was like the Nanmai, which led to a, a bunch of black flight ships carrying UAs and MAs as part of the whole Janus Corp experiment storyline. Uh, a link is in the show notes to the Canon Science article on the Janus Corp. It was, it's an old storyline, an interesting storyline, a very cool storyline, but um, for a while. So, so it, it, I take this, and I, I want to stop for a second and let hear, hear from you guys on this. What I take this as is, okay, yeah, they didn't find, obviously, something on Raxla, but it's proof that even in the area of the bubble, on the edge of the bubble, 200 light years from from Seoul, not on not 10,000 light years away. There is still stuff to be found that we have not found yet, and that just gets me so excited. The fact that it's like you don't know what's around the corner. We might actually find something that we really want at any given moment on this game, and I love that about this game. So, I think it was like episode seven or eight of Loose Screws where someone actually found a um uh, a guard mm-hmm. a new guardian site yes and um <clears throat> that was that was a thing that really gave me a lot of hope for actually finding raxla because the fact that you know there's still things we haven't discovered i mean clearly there's still things we haven't discovered but for for them to actually have that in there like that I thought that was really cool. And that Guardian site was discovered in like just around some other Guardian sites, like just mm-hmm. a jump or two from them. And mm-hmm. it just for whatever reason, it was always overlooked. And uh, I, I guarantee you, I, I don't think I flew through that system, but I know I flew right around it. Uh, I know a bunch of people did. Uh, and th- this is really what this. Uh, nav beacon is and it really makes me curious what other nav beacons are out there that we haven't found um to give you an idea this uh raxla potato hunt encompasses something like i want i think i read it was like three hundred thousand star systems or something like that um it's a lot it's it's a huge undertaking what they're doing uh they're running on the theory that raxla is inside 200 light years from seoul and they're also running on the the original idea that uh, if Raxla was discovered in the first game or discovered before the first game came out, back then they only had back then ships could, would only go about 200 light years from Seoul. So that's what they're running with. That is within 200 light years from Seoul, which is what I believe as well. Um, but I don't believe they're going to find it this way. But at least. This eliminates it just sitting in a system with us having us just not having found it yet. Um, mm-hmm. But I love the code stuff. I, I like that's uh, that makes me feel so excited. <laughs> not that I was there or anything, but like you know that something's out there in this game. I mean, that was put there. Who knows when? And yeah. you think you find all this stuff and all these little bits of story and things, but there's still some floating around out there. You know that like one person knew about and then you know not not a player i mean you know somebody put that in there and uh uh now someone found it and it's a little little riddle not that it's like a big deal to decode it or something but um it's very neat yeah for sure man 
for sure. Okay, so later on Monday, Exegius had his event, the Sidewinder Slaughter. Notes, you know, link is in the show notes. Uh, Commander Plater posted a video that same day on, it says, Commander Plater, Elite Dangerous, quote, mining wasn't nerfed, selling was. And I have like two paragraphs of analysis based on his conversation there. And I'm going to skip all of that because with all love and respect to Commander Plater, that's all now irrelevant based on the fact that we, everything just changed as of tomorrow. Uh, Tuesday, January 28th, I woke up to find a conversation going on between Edelweiss and Down to Earth Astronomy and Alec Turner about the Tianisla graveyard and the feasibility of an object in orbit of a planet, but always in the light of the parent star in our Discord. Like, I woke up, I checked our Discord, and I see these three guys talking to each other on our Discord, and I'm like, uh, we've arrived. This is, our Discord is now officially the place to be. It, it like, the conversation is just great. And for anybody who wants to get in on it, tinyurl.com loose screws podcast join the discord i know that i'm probably annoying you by saying it again but man you're missing out if you're not seeing this stuff so we also had let's see here guard frequency podcast was released episode 292 space guy and the space gun with the spaceship plus story they covered picard the u.s space force uh, Star Citizen stuff. They did an ED role playing session. And let me clarify Elite Dangerous. It has nothing to do with erectile dysfunction. Elite Dangerous role playing session. Um, it's a continuation. Guardfrequency.com. Check out their podcast. It's cool stuff, man. It's a good, it's a good show. Um, most weeks they have more stuff that's Elite Dangerous. This week was a little light on the Elite Dangerous news, but I guarantee you next week with, with this stuff that we just heard yesterday they're going to have some stuff to say um then the forums uh there was an an in-depth analysis into the price of minerals by commander green again i have literally a page and a half on this we're going to skip all of that because it all goes out the window now based on changes um And I will say just most of the commentary on that thread, like there were many, many, many comments on it. They were all just lamenting the fact that the in-game tools seem inadequate and uh, <clears throat> um, and that the, mark, the, the modifications that were made to this whole system were not explicitly announced. That's what's been frustrating people. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we have... Exegius Tutorial Tuesday, he put a brand new player combat and deep core mining, a two hours beginner uh, content stream. If you remember last week when he was with us, he said, you know, that the one comment constructive criticism that he got on his site was he didn't really have a lot of stuff for new, new players. Well, he's hitting that hard and he's getting information for new, new players to combat and new, new players to mining. So if you have a new player in your life that you're trying to bring into the game, Introduce them to his stuff and help them get along there. Tuesday night was Lave Radio. Commander Kurgle from our Discord. It was great to hear you on there, man. He made it, he, he makes regular appearances, and it was good to hear him as one of the guys. And also a huge happy birthday to Commander Souverine. Um, 
So, yeah, I'm not going to cover the rest of their stuff because their show is great and you've already heard it. So, go if you haven't, go listen to Lave Radio. It's queued up. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of their show was the Galnet News Digest, which literally, <laughs> here's Galnet News Digest. Low temperature diamonds are broken good. Uh, the Orion expedition had five ships self-destruct when they... Uh, when the SRVs recalled, you know, they were out in their SRVs, they recalled uh, their ships to the planet and f- like five ships just all nosedived right into the planet and exploded in front of them. And they were like, that's odd. <laughs> uh, and they're, they're in, in, you know, as he does with his dry wit, he, he was basically saying they're suing to get their thing back. They refuse to file an insurance claim. They put in a ticket is what he's saying. And they're yeah. getting their ships back. Uh, and he also covered the Dro- Drew Wagar lore tour, which, I mean, that's just what everybody's talking about. Drew Wagar and uh, broken low temperature diamond and mining. That's, that's the, that's the week. Obsidian Ant in 3306 uh, his series 3306, he did mining credit analysis, ED tutorials, the alpha voice packs, uh, lots of stuff about the mining thing. All of it's now out of date. <clears throat> uh, but I mean, he, by part of it, the reason why it's out of date, you know, we were covering this. Obsidian was covering this. Down to Earth was covering this. Exegius, everyone was saying this is wrong. And as a result, I think, of the outcry of everyone in the community, they have uh, owned up to it and said, okay, we're fixing some stuff. We're changing some stuff. We need to stay on them that we want the, 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 mine, the amount that you have in your hold taken out because that, that needs to go. Down to Earth Astronomy's Tuesday stream, he did deep space chatter. He did a phenomenal two and a half hour long stream where he was flying about in, with his colonial alt and the whole time he was talking IRL, real world astronomy questions. He talked about Betelgeuse. He talked about Persephone, black holes, supernova, different types of exoplanets, all just everything. Go watch that. The link is in the show notes. It's two and a half hour long. Throw it on your second screen while you're out running missions or doing whatever you're doing, taking hut and mugs places. And just listen to a great conversation about real-world science that science nerds should love. Ricardo Gaming put out, what would you like changed or fixed in 2020? I'm not even going to say another word about this other than it's great stuff. The link is in the notes. Go watch it. Uh, Wednesday, Down to Earth Astronomy put out, looking for pink elephants. It's just a little nine-minute, 12-second video. Galactic mapping, Mapping Project had been out to this planet and visited it, and it's a very different planet now. So he's got pictures of what they saw and what he saw, and I'm not going to spoil it. I'll let you see for yourself, but the planet looks very, very different from then to now. Obsidian App put out Thoughts on Space Legs, What If? It's a 10-minute video. What would be available to all, and what would just be added for purchases of the additional content? Are there going to be special missions for space legs? Are there going to be boarding or ship assaults? Is there going to be space station changes? Um, And a very cool, interesting idea, inflatable space stations with modular upgrade upgrades. This came directly from an interview that Scott Manley did with David Braben back in the day, where they were talking about the idea of filling up your ship hold, your cargo hold, 
with one modular thing that you like land and kind of like how they how they have the concepts of building like the Mars base or whatever and and building these modular habitat type buildings on planets and you know base building it's it's a it's a very cool idea um check out obsidian ants video on that it's very very good he also talks about different kinds of stores that might have just space legs only gear like special clothes and weapons and whatnot <clears throat> which brings us to today recording day uh sepulchre sepulcher geist i can't i trip over that guy's name i get sepulcher is like an ancient like uh church relic thing where you have bones or whatever and geist is a ghost so like i get the concept but i can never say that right uh he put out a very awesome video extreme gravity uh landing at strong g which is the planet hd148937 uh this is a uh, planet three it is literally 9.77 g's uh amazing yeah. high gravity planet there's a very cool bio site there with anemones um and just in a, I, I put a link to the video. You should definitely go watch his video. But I also put an addendum to that. I put a link to a Reddit Elite Dangerous comments, uh, like a special post. Strong G is a notorious. It's notorious the high gravity planet. It's nine point seven seven Gs at ground level. Uh, it, it's just amazing. There's literally a full list of what you want to do to like land there and not blow up. It's the third planet of the HD 148937 system. It's 1387.9 light years from Sol. The system itself has a value of 1 million credits if scanned with a detailed surface scanner, but it's worthless if you decide to at the last minute you're going to be one of the awesome guys that lands there. It's a huge planet. Uh, you notice this because the flight, the orbital literally... Uh, the flight starts very, very, very far from the surface, and so many explorers have gone in there and just blown up. Like people, they're like, "No, no, I got this." Yeah, you, you might not got this. There's a page long list of instructions on how you want to actually land there if you want to stay alive. Also today, Commander Burr put out his Thursday uh, breakfast. It's like breakfast, but he puts two U's and an R-S, whatever. Commander Burr put out his breakfast club, Rescuing Flaming Civilians, on on Twitch. So check that out. FDev put out their stream, EDVR, featuring Malik VR. So Paige and Steven were in. Paige was rocking it with her, her uh, VR helmet, and Steven was kind of keeping, keeping the chat going and whatnot, and they were with Malik VR. They announced the whole mining post in the forums changes that we discussed earlier uh, in that stream. They also went to the uh, a Thargoid site and they turned on that other galaxy map, that Thargoid galaxy map. Uh, it was a very cool video, very cool uh, interview with Malik. He's the guy. He was the guy, the first one. He was the one that discovered the Galconda. He followed the breadcrumbs from the Galnet article and he was the first discoverer of that. Uh, and they also discuss his whole theory where we are the aggressors versus the Thargoids, which sparked a, a, soul, a whole conversation today in our Discord, which was which was good stuff. Um, we've got the FDev post on the forums about the mining feedback that Ty already covered. That happened today. 
Uh, Exegius put out a video this afternoon. What is speed bowling? There's a link that in there. He covers the whole whole thing. Hutton Orbital did a great show today that I actually got to catch the last half of. Uh, and in that, Commander Watherspoon introduced a new segment on big personalities of power play uh, of the galaxy. And he started with the prismatic princess, Ashling Duvall. So check that out. And the very last thing I have is the Thargoid report. <clears throat> so let's see here. Hip 16813, Tegeta, Evangelist, and Lembas are the plant are the systems that are uh have elega- elevated Thargoid forces have once again hit the Pleiades and Witchhead Nebula. This week, with another four systems coming under full incursion, the Thargoids are pushing forward with relentless attacks in the latest wave. Three stations have suffered significant damage. Most notably, the system HIP-16813 is the home to Sisters Refuge, a station nestled within the confines of a large asteroid. Seemingly, this station was not damaged when the rest of the system came under incursion, leaving the station in full working order. I don't know. Maybe the Thargoids just don't have mining lasers or whatever. But uh, HIP-16813 is also the closest system to come under Thargoid incursion to the bubble. We will need to keep a close eye on this as it may be an indicator of their encroaching enemy forces. Um, there's new incursions. The following systems uh, have come under uh, new incursion. This is due to insufficient Thargoid infestation forces being cleared the week prior. The system includes AX conflict zones and burning stations. So we've got HIP 16813, no burning station, but a massive Thargoid presence. Tegeta, Titan's daughter, one Alliance faction burning station, massive Thargoid presence. Uh, in the Witchhead Nebula, we've got Evangelis, which is can relay burning. There's three federal faction stations burning in there. Evangelis system, E V A N G E L I S, massive Thargoid presence. Limbas has the Sao Project burning, T-S-A-O Project. Uh, it's got three Imperial faction stations burning there. Massive Thargoid presence. Uh, let's see here. The Eagle Eye Network is a little weird. It's not showing, it's still pending results or whatever. It's been weird for weeks. Um, Operation Ida has repairs going on. Uh, Operation Ida is working on the following station. If you wish to help them haul some goods, it would be best to do it here. The commodities needed can be found on Galnet. Link to Ida's Discord is in the information. The Agricola's Absent. So it's A-G-R-I-C-O-L-A apostrophe S. Ascent. A-S-C-E-N-T. It's in the Pleiades sector. D-L-Y space D-6-5. Also, I've included uh, the AX flight manual in, in the show notes. Click on that. It has a whole book of instructions on how you build an AX ship, what you want to do, how, what you want to go after, how, what kind of strategies you use, where to do what. It, it has all of that. Um, we're definitely skipping content creator of the week. That is it for me on Elite Week. I can finally take a break. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so for story time with Old Man Ty this week, we're going to do this a little bit different because we're going to talk about um, 
Roughneck 57's email. Now, I know you guys don't have this, but uh, I'm just going to go through it real quick. Um, so, uh, Roughneck sent an email, and actually, come to find out, uh, me and Roughneck are actually from the same general area, which I think is really freaking cool. But anyway, um, he said, Hey, Ty, I love your show. As a fellow guy over, I really appreciate your explanations of your motivations for kicking this off. Also appreciate the challenge it must be for you to overcome your introvertedness to commit to something like this. You have no idea. In the vein of constructive feedback regarding story time, first of all, I love this edition. You've given me something completely new to do in, in a game I've owned since launch. So thanks very much for pointing out some sites that I never would have searched for. Two, when I got this Dab's Hope this week, it was cool, but it was a little anticlimactic. I thought about it, and it occurred to me that while it was nice to ride around and read logs, I already knew it was what was in them because I listened to your show. So for an improvement to the experience, I was thinking maybe you should tell us a place to go see in story time. But don't give us, don't give away the ending until the following week. Give us instructions to explore the place, go to system, blah, 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 and find X, blah, 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 blah. You're right. I'm giving away, I'm giving away the ending. And this is a really good point, Roughneck. Uh, just thought, totally cool if you, if you don't want to take the, if you don't want to take the approach. Anyway, thanks for doing what you're Thanks, thank again, thanks again for doing what you're doing. Your show has really enhanced my appreciation of the game, Roughneck 57. All right. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, originally, I had prepared a brief history of the Federation of the U.S., um, but I'm going to save that for uh, uh, Independence Day. So um, we are going to go on a scavenger hunt for next week. And when we get to next week is when I will tell you everything that uh, was actually supposed to be or everything that you were supposed to find. And a <laughs> little different. A blind scavenger hunt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's um, the system is Nefertum. N-E-F-E-R-T-E-M. Uh, and the planet is, is the sixth planet, a moon. There's something in orbit around it. Go find it. When you get there, there are five data points. Go listen to the data points. And next week when you uh, listen to the show, I will cover that and I'll give you another scavenger uh, uh, hunt to go through. Um, so, yeah, that's the deal. Love it. Yeah, that's the deal for this week. So, uh, that's your homework. Go do your homework. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, I know I kind of changed that on the fly guy. No, this is, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, and that actually covers our emails for the week. Oh, I actually do have one other email and, uh, red board sent me an email about, uh, the science behind FSD and that it works off of Einstein's theory of shifting your a video here on for our, our the wiki link on about frame of reference. I will link this in the show notes. It's very interesting read. Um, it's pretty cool. So thanks. Thank you very much. Commander Red Bull. Yeah. What you got going on in your life right now, tracks? Uh, the thing I was going to bring up, um, I was going to ask if anyone would be interested in this, um, 
game idea that I had, this idea for what to do in-game for a while, um, which I thought because there weren't any uh, community goals or interstellar initiatives uh, coming for a while, we were promised we would have a break from that. I'm deciding to think of it as a break. Uh, I wonder if people would enjoy watching streams slash videos of a long-range explorer. Um, I haven't done a trip to Colonia or the Galaxy Center or any of that sort of stuff. And if people who also haven't done that or, or who have or something, I don't know, if anyone for any reason um, would enjoy watching streams of that kind of thing, then I could do it as kind of an episodic thing. Um, with the detail that um, I play the game in VR, and some have mentioned that it is not fun or perhaps even disorienting and, and uh, <laughs> very much not fun to watch streams in VR. Some people contradict that. So um, I wanted to float it out there to the community and say, does somebody want to watch this? Uh, I don't know how long it would take. I'm not planning on, I, I wouldn't be planning on doing it in a super hurry. I would want to make it fun and see interesting things. I would also be doing it in an anaconda with fighters and SRVs. So I could even have people multi-crew out with me if they wanted to ride along for a while, um, this kinds of things, and, and do fun stuff when we, when we found things that were fun. So um, if that's the kind of thing people would like to see, then I would try to do what it takes to make it regular enough that it was reasonable to do as an episodic stream. Um, but I wanted to know that kind of feedback before, because if you know, one or two people are interested, then maybe we'll just multi-crew with those two people and I won't worry about it, about it. But if lots of people are interested, then it would be a cool thing to do. I've done some streaming, not a lot. I know I can do it. Um, so I would if people are interested. Well, mark me as a yes. Yeah, mark me as a yes. Also, to give you an idea here, I would actually like multi-crew up with you every now and then just to see yeah. some of the sites that you go. I've been out that way multiple times, but uh, there's always something else to see that I haven't seen. Cool. Um, yeah. And, also and I, I, I also, I, when I do stream, it, it goes to YouTube. YouTube holds them all forever. So mm -hmm. um, if it, it doesn't have to be something that people would have to see live because obviously there's around the globe and stuff like that. And maybe I'd try to do them at different kinds of days and times. So sometimes people could... Uh, watch or multi-crew live if they're UK people and things like that. But um, right. yeah. Um, so kind of go along with this. Um, if you're going to do this, what well, might be kind of a cool idea? And I just had this idea. Uh, how would you feel about like organizing like a mini distant worlds type thing? Where like, hey, every week I'm going to try to get to mm -hmm. this waypoint kind of thing. You know, uh, off the top right of my up. head, off the top of my head, the the you could kind of follow the uh, the Colonia Highway where they have the stations like like 5,000 light years or whatever it is. Um, mm -hmm. Just like I said, just thinking about To use them as waypoints. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, if you wanted to do something like that, we could set you up a special channel inside of the Discord so you could relay waypoints and stuff to folks. So Okay. Cool, cool. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so, uh, how, I, I, you know, we're... I don't know, whatever. It's post in general or say something to me or something. Hey, I'm interested in that. And I just kind of have, I would just like to have a mental tally that like, yeah, this is a cool thing and or not, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Kai, I don't have anything else. Kai, do you have anything else, man? Uh, no, I was just thinking, you know, 
I, I, I want my, uh, we're talking about mottos or whatever. You, you got yours, you know, everybody's got their own mottos. My, I want my motto to be from Bill and Ted. I want it just to be, be excellent to each other. <laughs> That's going to be it. I think we're in the show. We've been doing this for quite a while. So yeah, um, I want to say thank you to uh, Trax for joining us. I want to say thank you to Kyle for joining us. Um, I heard back from uh, Dravenos a little bit ago in a text, and um, he's having some things going on in his life, um, some pretty bad things. I'm not going to bring it up, but uh, I want to wish him the best. So uh, I'm going to give him a call a little probably tomorrow and check in on him. So, But um, we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. For the mug.